This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 619. That is right. It is our very special (laughs) Rey Mysterio episode. It is Rey Mysterio Appreciation Day over here at the Marking Out Compounds. So that being said, make sure that you're already going to head on over to MarkingOut.com. Listen to the episode 619 times. Also, go check us out over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Buy 619 t-shirts over there. Give us a like over on Facebook. Make sure that you're checking us out on Twitter, on TikTok, on Twitch, and also over on YouTube. But that being said... My name is Dave, the Rave, and I am here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome, as always. Chris will be joining us later. Uh, What are the odds, though, that our podcast hits episode 619 in Rey Mysterio's 20th year in WWE? Go figure, yeah. Uh, Chris is going to be joining us a little bit later on with a special guest. No, uh, stop saying. What are you talking about? Uh, well, not to spoil, but he was able to meet up with Rey Mysterio. And no. for 619, no. Uh, no. we do have Rey no. Mysterio on the episode. No, no. I can't say that? That's No, that's not true. So That's not... Okay, I, I cannot say that. I cannot say that. But we can discuss Rey Mysterio-like things. Like, Brandon, how was your week? What did you do, do that was Rey very Rey Mysterio-ish? Nothing very Mysterio-ish? No, I didn't even wear a mask did this you, week. Didn't you do a 619? <laughs> yeah, right. Did you cook Mine's like a at 619 degrees? No. <laughs> did you do anything Ray Mysterio related? I did. I don't I think did. you did. I did. No, I did. I, um, I went into New York City just like Ray Mysterio this past weekend, and... Just like Rey Mysterio, I went to a steakhouse and ended up going to Sparks. And as everybody knows, Rey Mysterio's nickname growing up was Sparky. Right. Um, You know, that's not accurate. But went to Sparks Steakhouse and it was incredible. Have you ever been there before, Brandon? Nope. It is very, very good. Um, Apparently, the big, one of the previous mafia bosses... Castellanos was uh Castellano was like shot out there. Uh he was the guy in charge before Gotti. And then Gotti ordered the hit on him outside of this place. And then he ordered a steak medium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's how that you know. But then after that ended up going to Oscar Wilde's, uh which is a really uh really nice bar. Um the inside they had it all decked out in lights for uh, the festivities of Christmas. Um, I did not know, I did not see a menorah up, but, but I was not looking. <laughs> By the tree? Yeah, I don't know. Wait, did you go one. to the tree? Oh, no, I didn't go to the tree. Oh, 
Okay. I didn't go to the tree. Because no. I was, I believe I had a conversation with you, like, mm-hmm. to let me know if you go to the tree. The last time I went to the tree was with you. Well, it just keep it in mind that I... It was I, romantic. It wasn't. That's huh? pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> you, had a, you had a girlfriend at the time, of course. You left that part out. <laughs> yes, but every but every every time that me and Brandon are together, it no, is that's a, a weird thing to say. Because, oh, okay. you know, we live it up just like six one nine, just like Rey Mysterio, Booyaka Booyaka. Um yeah, so Oscar Wilde's great place. Definitely check it out. They ended up playing it was really cool because they did play Edwin Diaz's walkout theme song. And that I mean I, I mark out for that. Whose theme song? Edwin Diaz. The closer for the Mets. I was like, I have no, I'm like in my wrestling Rolodex. I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. Nah. My Met Rolodex has not been updated in quite some time. <laughs> I think my last, uh, my last known Rolodex for the Mets just got released from the team. So nice, nice. Or released. Very or cool. Very cool. Or whatever. I don't know. S- whatever it is. But. Yeah, so uh, that was our weeks. Did what do you mean? Do I didn't even, you didn't even ask me about my week. Well, I asked you if you, you did anything. You asked me anything... the dumbest, stupid setup question for, oh, hey, I... did you do anything with uh, Rey Mysterio? Well, I, um, Brandon, please do no. not re- disrespect Rey Mysterio. I'm not disrespecting Rey. You disrespected Rey Mysterio, in no. my opinion. You are going full-blown Dominic right now. No. You do not have to do that. No, no, no. Do not have to go that route. Like but you're Brandon, gonna be like, oh, what did you? Oh, you 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 do anything Ray Mysterio related? Yeah, I went to Cheesecake Factory. Ray would do that, right? He, he, yes, exactly. No, exactly. No. Uh huh. And what the, did the, the chicken and waffle again? Is what you were gonna ask? Yes, that is delicious. what I was gonna ask, and I believe that's what Ray Mysterio told Sports Illustrated for kids was his favorite food. <laughs> Sports uh, Illustrated kids. <laughs> when he had a poster back in the day. I also I that was uh, his. Uh, Favorite food on the back. Right. I also watched Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio on Netflix. How was that? It's visually stunning. It's mm-hmm. all stop motion, so it's like something you don't really get these days. Yeah, stop um, stop stop motion is something I've always been intrigued by. Yeah, I was a big fan of like Gumby and Wallace and Gromit. Nightmare like Before that. Christmas. But yeah, yeah, that too. And that's crazy because if you see like the set pieces for that, it's like so intricate. And Guillermo mm-hmm. del Toro was on Jimmy Fallon last week and he showed off some of the puppets. So that was cool to see. And then there's a documentary about it on Netflix. But I, this is obviously, it's not like the Disney version. It's not related to Disney in, in any way possible. Uh-huh. It's the story of Pinocchio. I think it's also changed a little bit from the actual book itself but i was not expecting to see nazis and mussolini in this <laughs> whoa they made an appearance especially yeah especially because it was a pg film i wasn't uh-huh. expecting that stuff huh what that's interesting i mean uh del toro does have that corner of uh kind of a i mean twist on some of his movies where his movies can be like a little bit on the darker side was the movie like dark or no yeah, it was definitely a darker movie. I feel like he had said that it's not a darker movie and it's 100% a kid film. I'm not 100% sure if he said that, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like he did. Well, but I mean... Yeah, it's definitely a much darker thing than the cartoon. Than what we're used to. With, well, I mean, 
the Disney Pinocchio movie itself is like a dark movie. Yeah. But this, I, again, I mean, it had Nazis in it, so. Yeah. Which nice. they weren't like a main part of the story, but. Mm-hmm. But it was still like, Geppetto was like pissed drunk. Okay. So. Huh. Any known <laughs> actors in it, or is it just all stop motion? I'm sorry. No, that didn't make what, sense. What did you just say? I, I mean, like, uh, I mean, in regards to the voices. <laughs> or is it just stop motion? What are you talking about? Well, um, uh, his name's not Jiminy Cricket in the movie, but uh, Ewan McGregor is the cricket. That's and funny. I think the character that the, the Nazi is is Ron Perlman. Okay. But yeah, there's a bunch of others. I know uh, Christoph Waltz and I think Kate Blanchett's in it. And I saw a video. I don't remember. Is it a, t- a little kid of a friend of the the puppet now? I think is uh, Finn from Stranger Things. Finn Wolfhard. I think Not he might be familiar. in it as well. What do you mean Finn Wolfhard? You know who Finn Wolfhard is? I don't from know Stranger Things. Does... The the kid that's not Will. Um, well, that's not Dustin. Is his name Noah? Noah. Ah, uh, no, Finn. his name's yes, Mike. Yes. Mike Wheeler. Oh, Mike. Okay. Literally, yeah, yeah, the I'm kid that's not names. Noah is the kid's shoot name. The 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 kid that plays <laughs> Will. Shoot name. Yeah, that's Noah, such a very mysterious thing to say. Noah Schnapp or whatever is the guy that plays Will. Mm-hmm. So it's Finn Wolfhard, the other kid, the one that plays Mike Wheeler. Yeah. He's in it. Very cool. But outside of that, I went to the, I went some, I guess I, I went to the mall today, some holiday shopping. I didn't mm-hmm. buy anything. My friend did, but it's, uh, malls are closing. They Very look cool. depressing these days. <laughs> we went to okay. the Broadway mall. That was like, there was like nothing there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's been empty for a while. Yeah, it has. You know? There's like a lot of nice looking but, restaurants over there, but that's not, I didn't get any food there. Mm. Well, maybe next time. But Perhaps. let's but let's get on to some pro wrestling talk, and let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Kicking off with a number one contender matchup. We have Alexa Bliss picking up the victory over Bailey um, with uh, Bianca Belair at ringside. Yeah, Becky Lynch also took Io Sky and Dakota Kai out before the match. Yeah, but I enjoyed this match. I think the crowd was awful for this. Mm. They sucked. But Alexa Bliss at one point went for that. Uh, I, I really feel like she doesn't call this at all. The the glitter the the glitter blizzard. I don't know what else she calls it these days, though. Mm-hmm. From ringside, not ringside, from the corner. Mm-hmm. And it got countered into, I guess, sort of like a modified Alabama slammer, which I liked. And then Bailey went and did that sunset flip into the turnbuckle. I thought that was a cool, yep. like, sequence of moves. And then Bianca Belair, like you said, she was ringside. Bailey almost ends up hitting her, and it led to basically the end of the match. Yeah. Alexa Bliss took over. She hit Twisted Bliss to pick up the victory. And then 
the Wyatt logo flashed on the screen after, and as she and Bianca Belair were celebrating, Alexa Bliss went for Sister Abigail and then, like, snapped out of it and apologized and yeah, like, scurried off. I don't... Yeah, because, I mean, on the screen you had that flash and then she was going to hit it. What I didn't like is Bianca Belair didn't struggle or anything. I don't know. It yeah, was... well, that seems like to be the thing when people do wrestling moves. I guess you got to go with it. But even still, like, she just held her. I mean, I don't know. I would have liked Bianca Belair to, like, kind of, sw- like, just get out, force herself out of it and be like, what are you doing? Kind of a deal instead of just going along, but that's just me being a mark. Right. <laughs> well, earlier in the night, they showed Chad Gable and Otis arriving, and they were still pissed off from what happened on SmackDown with Kurt Angle and Gable Stevenson. And then the OC made fun of them. It led to a match. Carl Anderson was in Japan, and he uh, successfully retained the Never Openweight Championship against Hikaleu. Uh, and then he's going to be facing Tamatanga at Wrestle Kingdom 17. I feel like. Maybe cool. WWE could have mentioned that, perhaps. I maybe they that's not in their deal or whatever. So yeah, but it's first time WWE contracted superstar wrestling in New Japan, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I think it's really awesome. Well, the match itself, we saw AJ Styles pick up the victory over Chad Gable. Uh, it was a decent length match, but I wish it was longer with bigger um, spots. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe you're you're probably like, yeah, oh, this match sucked. No, I, I agree with you. You know, I think that um, Styles and Gable, it's just cool to see them uh, wrestling clash. each other. No. Yeah, Clash. Get it? You know? Does the but, Styles clash? No. Ah, uh, nice. I, I, yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, next up, you had Judgment Day. Pick up the victory over the Street Profits and Tazawa. The crowd um, woke up for this one. Yeah, this was a solid match, I thought. You know, they were, like, behind Tozawa. Big yeah. time. And I liked, um, I think it might have been, like, the first commercial break. They did a mid-match taunt with all four of the members of Judgment Day in the uh-huh. corner. I like that. But the spot where, uh, I almost said Judas Priest. <laughs> the spot where Damian Priest pushed Montez Ford over the commentary table, mm-hmm. that had to suck. Like, he slid across the table and, like, fell onto the the floor and, like, the backs of the, or the bottoms of the chairs. Huh. I don't know how they do that stuff, but Damian Priest ends up hitting that razor's edge on Akira Tozawa. While he was on the apron, while Akira Tozawa was on the top rope, and then, Dom, I guess also while the referee was distracted, then Dominic crawled over and got the victory there to to pick up the victory, so... Yeah, it was a, it was I like a good match. I agree. I like the entire aspect with Dominic, and he, I I think that Dominic is doing a great job uh, with Judgment Day. Yeah, I did. Think I really that, think so. Uh, I, I did think Street Profits and Tazawa were going to actually pick up that victory, though. Yeah, I I um no, I thought Judgment Day were going to get it. I only thought that because of how like maybe they were going to push the Street Profits, but. That yeah. didn't happen. I guess with the addition of Akira Tozawa, they're like, nah. Nah. I but guess. But earlier... backstage, earlier in the night, you had The Way backstage talking a little bit about the money and what they were going to do with it. Dexter with his money, and they had a whiteboard where they were just jotting down what to do. Yeah, Bluey is now canon to WWE. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, Candice LeRae basically said that they have everything that they need and it's the holiday season. It's the time for giving. And uh, while she was saying that, Nikki Cross in dark red lighting was lurking behind them. Um, But they ended up going to the merch stand to buy everything. And then Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis went to the ringside area and they were giving away merch. Miz showed up and he tried to steal the money back and the bag. He did get it, but Adam Pearce stopped him and made him go back to the ring and give it back. And then the Miz said, like, he I guess he was trying to beg Johnny Gargano. And he's like, I'll even earn it back with a rematch. And Gargano, on behalf of Loomis, sets up a ladder match next week for the, for the money. Whatever's and, left of it. Yeah, and Gargano's like... I mean, if you're making him put up money, then you should match it and also be putting up money. So there's going to be two bags of money next week hanging for imagine, a ladder match. Imagine one of the bags doesn't have any, has like something else in it. I don't know. I can see the Miz's bag not having money. But then they uh, then they made Miz dress up and hand merch out for the rest of the night. So they, I thought that was funny. They'd show pictures of it throughout the night at the merch stands. Um, but this, I feel like we have not seen, it it can't be from like all the way back since like Terry Runnels did this, that we've seen a bag of money hung up there, right? Um, I think so, yeah. We've had to have seen it maybe before or after that. I feel like something like this happened with Million Dollar Man. Maybe not. I don't remember. I I Million Dollar Man as in before Terry Runnels in the 90s? Yes, I don't know. I like, that was a, know. That was a tag like they... team. That was the first tag team ladder match, I think. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, well, anyway, uh, we saw EO Sky pick up the victory over Candice LeRae again. The crowd sucked, but EO and Candice, I thought, were killing it. Um, it was just I like it. It really irked me though, because like they were doing, they did a uh, poison Rana spot on the outside of the ring. And the crowd barely reacted for it. So, I was beginning to think that that crowd did not like women's wrestling. Mm. But I also thought that Candice was going to win this match, given that she won the other match. Yeah, I'm actually happy she didn't win this match because she did defeat Dakota Kai last week. So I'm happy that Sky was able to pick up the victory over her. Yeah, and EO, she hit that moonsault, picked up the victory, and that was that. They also announced, unrelated to that, I just went super quick into the next thing, Matt Riddle. Uh, it's announced that he'll be out for weeks now. Uh, rumored that he failed a drug test and he's going to rehab. Yeah, it sucks. And, I mean, the rumor that I saw was that it may not be marijuana-related because marijuana well, is not Well, it can't a... be because they don't test for... Yeah, they don't test for that anymore. So, right. you know, we don't so know specifically what yeah, he tested. Hopefully he gets clean. Hopefully it's uh, he's he'll be good for it. Yeah, you know, we don't know what he tested positive for or anything like that. But hopefully, like you said, hopefully he gets the help that he needs to kick whatever this is, you know? Yeah. Uh, We had an interview with Kevin Owens where he was about to address what happened last week, but Elias interrupted and asked him to be in his corner for his match against Solo Sokoa. And Kevin Owens was pissed. He's like, did you think I forgot all the months that that I went through with you? And Elias was like, well, that was my brother Ezekiel. (laughs) I just thought it was such a good segment. 
Kevin Owens yeah. was like, bro, the last time we were in the ring, even even if that was your brother uh, uh, Ezekiel, the last time we were in the ring together, you smashed a guitar over my head. And uh, Elias was like, let's just focus on Monday Night Raw. And Kevin, I thought, gave fantastic reactions in this segment. The way he pronounced words, the way he like reacted, I thought was absolutely perfect. So it was yeah. I'm very, glad that this wasn't well something that was. I'm glad that this wasn't something that was cut either. You know. Yeah, it was a very well done segment. Like the, but Elias yeah. then goes on to perform for Matt Riddle using lyrics that he found that Riddle had written, uh, which was eventually interrupted by Solo for their match, and Solo picks up the victory by a lot over Elias. Which I feel like there's not much to say about this. I thought we'd maybe see Kevin Owens come out during the match, but it didn't happen until after the match, where Solo continued the beatdown. He hit the Samoan spike, and then he also hit the, the running hip attack with the chair around Elias's neck. And uh, I thought for sure we'd see Kevin Owens make the save before that, but he came out, uh, hit a stunner, and then Elias went to thank... Kevin Owens and KO hit him with the stunner as well. So yeah, well done um, segment. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I love what they're doing with Solo Sokoa. He's, he's a, he's a beast. Yeah. But next up is Rhea Ripley picking up the victory over Asuka. Very noticeable. Asuka making her entrance, taking off the mask to reveal no face paint. And I don't remember the last time we would have seen that. Like, I don't know if she ever wrestled on the main roster without face paint. Yeah, I, not to my knowledge. I, I mean, know we've, we've seen it course... in NXT, but that was, like, yeah. very rare, too, I think. And and it's hard because, like, we've seen her without face paint in, like, uh, pictures and segments and yeah. interviews and stuff like that. So it's hard to, like, I feel like I... I'm merging the matches with everything else she's done outside of the ring. Right. You know, so it's really hard to pinpoint if she has or has not. But they but brought up you... they brought up her Twitter and everything that she's been posting, everything you've been having your fingers crossed for. Mm-hmm. Graves even said that she's lost her aura about her. Um, but as far as this match goes, this crowd, it was very apparent, did not care. And that's a shame because wrestling. this and that's a shame because this match was really entertaining. Yeah, we got to see a more vicious side of Asuka. Yeah, very vicious side of Asuka. Uh, I, I was the way entertained at one by point. Judgment Day. Yeah, I was yeah, entertained Dominic. by Judgment Day with Dominic. Yeah, he got in the you way know? of Rhea Ripley and uh, Asuka went after him and he and, falls to the floor. Rhea Ripley ends up saving him and then Dominic dragged Rhea Ripley to the ropes when Asuka had the Asuka lock on her. So she gets up and spits him with mist. Blue mist, yeah, by the it's way. An, it, yeah, it was a different color. The mist. And then she ends up getting hit with the riptide, and that was the end of that. But Yeah. Well, and I, then the segment I backstage, the best... people are all complaining about, oh, where, when he's like, oh, mommy, my eyes, my eyes. Yeah, people are like, this is so stupid. This is the worst. Oh, my God. God, I yeah. hate fans. Like I thought that that was hilarious that they were backstage and he was just like, mommy, mommy, and Ray Ripley was like uh, 
was helping him through as she was getting pissed off smacking the wall and then you have Damien Priest coming over being like there's he's like it burns it burns it burns (laughs) and he's like well there's worse things that could burn or whatever like funny like this was what is different from what this what happened backstage with them and anything that DX may have done you know this was a joke segment I have a feeling if if people were around in like if the internet and everything was around in the attitude era, people oh, would God. be Imagine. if this if this current day audience was around then it just wouldn't work. I really I I agree with you with that. I mean, just thinking about some of the wrestlers from back then, I mean Job Squad, you know, stuff that we all loved and everything, but I could see totally people just going to in, to the Twitter and just nitpicking it and everything. Ah hate fans backstage Dolph Ziggler spoke about the United States championship (laughs) (laughs) and he spoke about how much the the title means uh and then he told Austin Theory what he needs to do and said that he's not doing it and then basically told him to watch his back Mm. so he's still trying to do this mentor thing but it's not working out for him um and then the main event of Monday Night Raw saw Seth Rollins pick up the victory over Bobby Lashley to become the number one contender for the United States Championship, which I thought was a great match. The referee at one point had nowhere to go, so he ends up outside of the ring. It hurts his ankle, which I thought was very interesting. And Lashley, because Lashley could have won the match then and didn't, he ends up pissed off. And he ends up, he goes for the spear. Seth Rollins reverses it with the pedigree, picks up the victory, and then Lashley gets in Chad Patton's face. Threw him into the corner and ends up a referee, another referee came out, tried to pull Bobby Lashley away from him, gets elbowed in the face. And then Adam Pierce yells at him, shoved him. Uh, Bobby Lashley ends up shoving him into the barricade. And Adam Pierce curses uh, live on Monday Night Raw and yeah. fires him. Dr- drops a huge uh, MF bomb. Yeah, Mattitude you know? Flower. Yeah. And then he fired not... him. And then <laughs> and then the next day he released a video saying Bobby Lashley's not fired, but he crossed the line, which is a <laughs> impact wrestling reference. And then he apologized I mean, you to everybody for how he reacted, but I feel I like mean, maybe they should have let this breathe a little bit. Maybe they they could have, yeah, they could have rolled with it, like that he was fired and that let it play out, and then have him be like, "Listen, it, I crossed the line. I maybe right now shouldn't have been the time to go with the firing and uh, apologizing for the firing of Bobby Lashley." I mean, too, to with, be fair, I mean, you know, took place after the fact. I know, I know, you know, but you could definitely see if this did pro, if this did get prolonged for the next upcoming Raw, that oh, that yeah, would yeah, definitely yeah. Yeah. overlap. Well, uh, this past weekend, we had NXT Deadline at the Performance Center. First match, we saw Roxanne Perez win the Iron Survivor Challenge. It started with her and Zoe Stark, and then Kiana James was out next. Um, We saw Kiana James on the kickoff show get flowers from Jensen. So... I mean, even more so with NXT this week, it seems like they're going to be going. I feel like she's going to end up playing him. Yeah, uh, he, I, I definitely, 
But Zoe Stark. I agree. Yeah, Zoe Stark ends up pinning Roxanne Perez right before Cora Jade came out. So Perez had to go into that penalty box. Um, Indy Hartwell was out last, but Perez was the only one to get two falls. And I thought this was an interesting concept for a match. The 25 minutes, I think, flew by. Yeah, I was I was surprised with how um, it wasn't that much of a high-scoring match either. Right. But nothing felt like forced. Nothing felt out of place. Yeah. So I thought I thought everything was very well done for this, especially for it to be like a new concept to WWE. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We saw Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley get interviewed, and they were asked about Julius and his injury, and Ivy was like, I'm just looking out for him. And then Caden Carter and Katana Chance showed up and told Ivy that she did the right thing. And it kind of led to a challenge, but later on, Toxic Attraction interrupted and uh, Niall and Tatum ended up jumping Toxic Attraction. So those two teams uh, faced off on NXT to become number one contenders, but we'll talk about that in a, yeah. a moment. After that, uh, Isla Dawn picked up, up the victory over Alba Fire. I think they Isla definitely Dawn, brought the know? spirit of NXT UK. Yeah, and it was important for Isla Dawn to pick up this victory. I mean, after being out for of the spotlight for so long. And um, I think that this was a big match for her to uh, have with Alba Fire. And, and I, feel like people I thought were, it was solid. I feel like people would have complained about the ref spitting up the black stuff. I... <sighs> to me, it I makes was, sense. He was misted last week. I wasn't a big fan of that. He was misted was really... last week. It makes sense. Like... I thought that was really corny. Does it not make sense? What do you mean? Uh, Suspend your disbelief is literally like the tagline for pro wrestling. Yeah, I guess so. But Isla Dawn ended up cheating behind both referees' backs and and won. Yeah, that's true. After that, we saw... Next up, you had the New Day pick up the victory over Pretty Deadly to become the new... Tag Team Champions. Um, this match was really solid. I like the uh, the Christmas gear that Pretty Deadly had. Yeah. And also, yeah. I can't believe there was a twerk off in this. That was unnecessary. <laughs> that was unnecessary. But it was a fun match. I like the uh, the Eddie Guerrero hot potato spot. Yeah, that was that hilarious. was awesome. But Woods did get clocked by the title and. I thought maybe Kit was going to pick up the victory right there, but I'm very happy that New Day won. I totally agree with you. Now they're now I they're think that it was uh, genius. Now they're triple crown champions. I need to see New Day versus the Revival versus the Street Profits because they're all triple crown tag team champions in WWE. Yeah, you've been saying that you want to see this now. Yeah, Kofi Kingston broke records of uh, Edge, and I guess by proxy Booker T. Uh huh. Although on commentary on NXT, Booker T swears he's a 16 champion, 16 time tag champ. I think recognized by WWE, it's a 14 time tag team champion. So Kofi now is the most decorated tag team champion in WWE history. That's with 15. Wild. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. You know, good for him though. Yeah. And I think that out of everybody, with his longevity, with everything that he's done with pro wrestling for the WWE. Hey, I, I think that that's incredible. 
I saw some people saying, you know? can we give it up for Big E for w- winning the NXT tag titles with a broken neck? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it counts towards Big E. Yeah, I wouldn't say that that counts no. for him. We had another Iron Survivor Challenge won, I believe you got it right, by Grayson Waller. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about right there. J.D. McDonough and Axiom started. Carmelo Hayes came out, and I think the three of them together absolutely killed it. I thought mm-hmm. it was so good. Melo got the first point over Axiom. Grayson Waller came out and immediately hits his finisher on Axiom and J.D. McDonough. Scores separate pinfalls over both of them. And I really like that that spot because it sent both of them to the penalty box, leaving it one-on-one against Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. When that timer was up, though, Axiom, he had a few seconds before um, J.D. McDonough. J.D. held on to him, and, and Axiom wasn't able to leave. So Axiom goes back into the box, and then they brawled in there. I thought that was so good. And then Axiom, finally, he scores a, a fall over Grayson Waller, then uh, over J.D. McDonough also. Joe Gacy finally comes out and goes full steam ahead. He even he scores the, the, the fall over Axiom and ends up tying Axiom and Grayson Waller by pinning Carmelo Hayes. And then yeah. J.D., I liked, he um, held McDonough. the door shut for, for Axiom, and then Axiom climbed over and jumped onto everybody. I thought that was a good spot. Yeah, there but, were a ton yeah. of them. Yeah, it was really good. And then, of course, JD was stuck at uh, he was stuck at zero. Everybody had points except for him. Yeah, but the 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 Devlin slide or whatever they call I think it's now called the Devil Inside. Uh-huh. That, uh huh. That he did to Axiom off the apron, I thought was absolutely amazing. Yeah, uh, and I in agree the final thirty seconds, seconds, Grayson Waller stole Carmelo Hayes's what would be his third fall by pinning Axiom. And I then think spent the rest just running around the ring. Well, somebody could have been in there. Oh no, they couldn't have been because Axiom was already eliminated. He was had to go to the penalty box. Yeah, and I think that it was it was great. It was planned perfectly. I like that uh, Waller was able to pick up the victory too. Yeah, you know. But next up, we found out that New Year's Evil is announced for January tenth. To take place. Seemingly the return of Tiffany Stratton, perhaps? Via oh, the yeah. commercial? I don't know if that's like... I assume that's her. Or... They didn't show her face, but I have to assume that was her. Yeah. I Yeah, it's true. Backstage, Drew Gulak was asked why he was on NXT last week. And he was like, I'm just here to help anybody that I see with potential. And then Damien Kemp interrupted him and told him that he better watch his match. Um which I guess leads to NXT this week. But Braun Breaker picks up the victory over Apollo Crews in the main event to retain the NXT Championship. Uh, It started off with a test of strength. I feel like we don't see that often these days. I I agree with you. We don't see that too often, but I feel like for this matchup, it was a good way to start them off. Yeah. But that the knee that Apollo Crews hit, uh, Braun Breaker with midair. I thought that was nice, but he ends up snapping at one point, gets super fired up, and Braun Breaker was just as fired up and was able to overcome whatever 
uh, I guess, vision that Apollo Crews had. Mm -hmm. And then Grayson Waller came out of nowhere with his finisher at the end to close the show. Yeah, I thought that it was a really solid um, show overall. Um, And I like that Waller coming out at the end to get the get the one up yeah i thought that was really good very very solid nxt de- uh deadline but moving over let's to move nxt into... tv yeah nxt tv roxanne perez opened the show and she went to talk but grayson waller pulled up honking his horn and she ends up yelling at grayson waller she's like i was the iron survivor before you were at the number one spot. So she's basically saying that she did way more than he did in the match. Grayson Waller ends up bringing up Booker T. And said that there's no way that uh, Roxanne Perez is going to be beating Mandy Rose for that NXT championship at New Year's Evil. And then Brom Breaker interrupts. He puts Roxanne Perez over as a future champion. Brom Breaker chases Grayson Waller off. And then Mandy Rose hits Roxanne Perez from behind. To me, this was setting up for the main event of NXT last night. Yeah. Or two nights ago, whatever. I thought for sure it was about to be a mixed tag match between those four. I could see that at some point. I thought for sure that's what it was going to be. But Roxanne Perez instead challenged Mandy Rose to put the title on the line. She didn't want to wait for New Year's Evil. So Mandy Rose accepted, and that match gets set up for the main event. Which was very shocking at the time. Yeah. Uh, backstage, though, we saw Stax attack Wes Lee, which went to the ring and started their match. This also was when Roxanne Perez was in the ring as well. But Wesley ends up picking up the victory over Stax. It went longer than I expected it to. Mm-hmm. Tony didn't get involved at all which I thought he might have, but maybe it's like one of those let Stacks learn his lesson sort of thing. Yeah. And then Dijak came out afterwards and Tony ends up attacking Wesley from behind and he's like, I did your job for you. So I thought that was interesting because we don't know yeah, if Tony is working with Dijak. Yeah, we're not too sure where the allegiance is or how that's going to go. Really. But, uh, but Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley were supposed to face off against Toxic Attraction. It ended it with a no contest because the champions, yeah, they were sitting on commentary. JC ends up throwing Ivy onto the champions, and then the champions attack Toxic Attraction. And this just fell apart. Yeah, they all brawled and uh, continued later on throughout the night. Yeah, all over the place. Backstage, uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams were talking, which led to Carmelo Hayes going to attack Axiom, I think. But we didn't see any, like, follow-up from that. Yeah, we're not too sure what the follow-up is. But we did see Odyssey Jones pick up the victory over Von Wagner. I like this, the beginning of this, when they went blow for blow. Yeah, and I agree with you. they both did the, the football gimmick. Yeah, they did the football gimmick, but I I really like this match. Um, every time I see Odyssey Jones in a, in the ring, I just have visions of a young Mark Henry. Yeah, but Robert Stone ends up in the ring, leading to Anofi and Blade getting involved, and then Blade 
drop kicked Von Wagner behind the referee's back, and I guess that's how Odyssey Jones was maybe able to pick up the victory there. I mean, it, I would say it definitely play, it was the reason why he was able to get the victory. You know, yeah. which I think is good because you, I feel like Von Wagner because you want to build him up as a big guy and stuff. If he's gonna pick up, if he's gonna take give a loss, you can let it be with some sort of a stipula. Uh, Stipulation that took place. So right. I think that's good. Next up, you had Ikemanjiro pick up the victory over Javier Burnell. Um, this, I was very impressed with Jiro during this match. Nice to see Jiro again. It's been like six months since he's had a TV match. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, unfortunately, though, <laughs> I got. Yeah, New mask. Yeah, uh, Jiro was celebrating on the top turnbuckle, second turnbuckle. He was celebrating in the turnbuckle, and out of nowhere, Script is just uh, launches himself to take him out. I mean, and then he hit him with his finisher. It yeah. still just doesn't make sense to me. I <laughs> yeah, I'm very confused. There was a Wendy Chu video where she said that she's happy that Cora Jade lost the Iron Survivor Challenge uh-huh. and brought up how when she was younger, she had a friend like Cora Jade and they went to a sleepover and she forgot a change of clothes. It doesn't sound like something like how could a would, would a parent actually send a kid to a sleepover without a change of clothes? I wouldn't think so. Did I mean, you ever I guess go to sleepovers. Even I never did that. Would I or have I? No, have you? What do you mean? Would you? You're thirty something years. Yeah, old. I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've slept out before, but like when you were a kid, would you get together with a group of kids? Like, yeah, yeah. We used to me, Chris, uh, Sal, Dan. We used to all uh, uh, sleep out. So, you know? uh, but it was fun. Like we used to crash and then, but we would crash and then, uh, we would try to stay, we would stay awake and watch the public access, uh, uh <laughs> the wrestling, wrestling. public access. Yeah. Yeah. Man there, I have like very vivid memories of public access. Now it's just a channel. That's like a, a blank screen that, that has words on it. Yeah. There's like no programs or anything on public access. I remember at one time, um, at one point, I remember there was like a, a a thing that would air on public access. It was literally just guys driving around Long Island, <laughs> and it, I don't I like, it, say like there was like no like requirements to get on public access. It was just you pay them, uh, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I want to say that it was EBW. It was, but it, I, I yeah, but they were driving around. I remember. I think it was Belmore, where where uh-huh. Applebee's is. They were just doing that. I remember another show. There was a guy that would do like puppets. He would have puppets, but like songs would be playing, and it would be like he would make the puppets like dance to the music. <laughs> That's funny. There's there's one currently on public access where they what do you, mean? you still watch public access. Sometimes I'll be scrolling through. There's like, like literally nothing ever on that channel when I'm there. Really? No, they have like I forgot what day of the week it is, but they have Beatles. They have a Beatles uh, hour or two where the guy and his band oh, just play Beatles songs. songs. Oh, that's weird. Huh? That seems illegal. <laughs> like, how <do> they get <laughs> I don't know. They they just perform Beatles songs. Um, so sometimes I'll just sit there. If I'm in the mood, I'll just listen to the Beatles. Not really. On what channel? But, oh, I can't tell you that. Public access. 
But regardless, the they they're at the sleepover party, and a girl th- decides it would be funny to throw a drink at Wendy Chu, and she said that's who Cora Jade reminded her of when when it happened last week, which doesn't make sense. She said in the the promo herself, like she throws drinks at people, also, so it doesn't make sense. Like if if you felt like that last week when Cora Jade does that, why would you do it? Mm-hmm. We had a New Day championship celebration. Uh, I think literally the best New Day Rocks chant in years. I thought that was fantastic by that crowd at the Performance Center. But Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, very, very long time. But Pretty Deadly interrupted this because they want a rematch. And New Day wanted them to recite the Pledge of Allegiance first. And then Briggs and Jensen came out with an American flag because they also want a title shot. So they recited the pledge. And New Day was like, we'll see what, what we can get with you. And that gets set up for next week. Mm. Kiana James, though, later on met, met up with Jensen. And it's, I guess, like it does seem like she's trying to whip him into shape. She got uh-huh. him a, t- a new shirt that like fits him and everything. But she's like, I want you to focus on getting those tag team championships. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. They said something, uh, Fallon Henley, their, the, I don't know if it was her father or the grandfather, storyline wise, had like family problems, something like that, health issues or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I feel like it's going to end up somehow where Kiana James ends up buying the bar. Okay. Even though Fallon Henley doesn't want that to happen. Yeah. We also saw the women's locker room all talking about the Iron Survivor Challenge. And Electra Lopez started like making fun of Indy Hartwell that she lost. And Indy, I guess, overheard her, ends up attacking her. So this this is, like to me, an AEW feud. Because it's been going on for weeks mm-hmm. and there's literally nothing's happened with it. Yeah. Like, it started, I don't know, even remember how many weeks ago, over TikTok. They were watching a TikTok video and they weren't watching her match or whatever for for whoever was in that segment. And Electra Lopez, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was with Electra Lopez. She was the one filming it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But speaking of TikTok, there was another TikTok with uh, Nikita Lyons shown earlier in the night. Zoe Stark was asked about it and she called Nikita a waste of roster space and then Challenged her to a match. She's like, I'll give you what you want. So that gets set up. It's a match. Um, I think the, the NXT TikToks that we see are just awful. The NXT TikToks? Yeah, watch us at Marking yeah. Out on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, if you follow us on TikTok, you will not be disappointed at all. I wouldn't say not, but. No, you will not. Earlier in the night, J.D. McDonough was getting checked out by the doctors, and then he ends up making fun of Julius Creed for not being cleared. And on behalf of Julius, Brutus steps up and challenges him. And then J.D. ends up picking up the victory over Brutus, but Brutus starts this match on fire, maybe gets injured a little bit. He hurt his leg or whatever, his, his ankle, whatever it was, and continues the attack. JD ends up kicking Julius at one point and he goes to use a chair 
Indusher show up behind him. Sangha pulls the chair away. JD hits that the the Devlin slide or Devlin side, whatever they're calling it. I think it might be that. He picks up the victory off of that. But again, here's Indusher. I guess showing not not faces, but like we're still getting some sort of version of Indusher that we want. Yeah. Where they're uh, not like full fledged heels. Like Sangha's like, we want them at a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean they're not they're not heels technically, but they're also not faces. I'm I'm totally a fan of all of this. Yeah. After that, Lyra Valkyria picks up the victory over Amari Miller. There was an interesting uh rain, thunder, and lightning effect for Lyra Lyra's entrance. Yeah. Um, but it just brought me back to Taylor Swift singing should have said no. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know, I guess. But uh, I wish I had very high expectations and high hopes for this match. Uh-huh. I just wish that she kept her same finisher from NXT UK. What was her was finisher? Split, it was a diving split legged uh, leg drop from the, the top rope. Okay. So the match itself I thought was decent, but I feel like they could have showcased her a lot more. And she won the match with a frog splash. I didn't, I just it, preferred her other finisher. Yeah, I didn't understand the finish of the frog splash. I mean, I don't know her, but I was not expecting the finish to be with the frog splash. Yeah, not at all. No. But but again, I'm still, I'm so pumped that she's in NXT now, so I'm looking forward to whatever's next. Yeah. Definitely. Earlier uh, in the night, they had Chase U walking backstage, and Andre Chase and Thea Hale were talking, and Andre Chase saw Duke Hudson shaking hands with Drew Gulak. He questions uh, Duke Hudson about it, and he also said that Duke was, was right last week about Isla Dawn and Thea Hale. But... Duke ends up picking up the victory over Damon Kemp. Gulak comes out during this and Andre Chase yelled at him. And he like immediately, he's like shows up ringside and immediately leaves because he got yelled at. But I thought this was a very good victory for Duke Hudson. Yeah, very important victory. And I like that Duke Hudson, he's not really being distracted all that much. He's focused. Yeah. You know, he's focused on it. Um, and, and Kemp, um, Kemp has been on pretty much a hot streak. So I think it's good that Hudson picked up the victory. But Absolutely. heading into the main event of the evening, Roxanne Perez picked up the victory to defeat Mandy Rose to become the new women's champion. Um, how long was her day? Door. 413 days. 413 days. Absolutely incredible reign. Yeah. Um, Booker T though, a little forbidden door moment. He brought up ring of honor and how Roxanne Perez was the first ring of honor women's world champion. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But I I felt like, I felt like Roxanne Perez had to win this match and I thought it was a very good main event match. Oh yeah. I totally agree. And towards the end, Mandy hit that running knee and, uh, Roxanne kicked out. And then she hit Pop Rocks to pick up the victory. She even, I don't know if she's done this before, but I just noticed it this week. She put her leg 
over her over Mandy's leg for like more leverage on the pin. I wasn't. I didn't like the way that the pin was. So it's funny that you mentioned that you. Was, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of the pin aspect. Um, but I'm happy that Roxanne Perez uh is the the current champion. It's know? funny WWE. There's a clip that was going around that like we've seen it a bunch of times pop up since she was signed of Roxanne Perez on Total Divas. And uh, it went viral again this week because she won the championship and WWE even decided to post it themselves this time. So I thought that was funny of her like asking Natty for advice. And then I think Brie was there also just that like waiting at the gate like a fan would do. Yeah. Very awesome. That was cool. But uh, yeah, Mandy had an incredible four, 413 day title reign. And then you fast forward to Wednesday this week and she was unfortunately released. Yeah, that's the one thing that, I mean, when Brandon texted me this, I thought for sure he was joking. For sure. I, I saw she was trending, and I was like, oh, this, I, I can't imagine why she's trending or whatever. And then I clicked on, I was like, get out of here. Yeah. But I guess it's due to pictures and videos that she's been posting on her subscription service. But it's just such a shame and, and very unfortunate that she was released for it. I wish there was like, like, I don't know if I if there was, like, a breach of a contract or whatever for her doing what she was doing. I know there were... I saw rumors that it had something to do with Mattel. And that WWE did speak to her before. Just, like, releasing her. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's so much unknown. But even if they spoke to her about this, then you definitely know the risk of what you're doing. Um, and it's very unfortunate because... It's, I just wish it was a suspension. Like, it just... I know. Uh, it's straight up release. Like, ouch. I mean, that's the thing. It could have easily been a suspension instead of just a flat-out release for her uh, apparently disobeying them. Um, but who knows? Apparently, the door is still open for a return, too. So I don't understand why release somebody just to tell them the door is still open for you to return. But then you also... I guess it was like maybe discipline action. Like if anybody else thinks about doing it, I have no idea. That, that's the thing. It could have been trying to set an example. And maybe, who knows? Maybe Triple H or whoever spoke to her and she understands. And that's why she isn't like uh, too vocal about it and everything. Who knows really what's going to take place with this. We could easily see her back with WWE at Royal Rumble. But... Uh... Don't know. In the seven I mean, years that she had it, been in just, WWE, she grew to be an incredible performer, and this yeah. NXT run was fantastic. I mean, it's just I, I, I personally don't get while well, like she built herself up so much and did so much to get to a spot, to, and then she gambled it away with everything. You know, I and, guess she was. They people said that she was making more money doing that than her but even, NXT contract. Yeah, but even still, if you're making more money, I mean, if you if you're patient enough, you're gonna get brought up to the main roster, and the contract. Yeah, but will you're be not adjusted. gonna make three million dollars a year. Who knows if she's making three million? You know, that's just hearsay, as is everything. You know, but it's a, it's it's just unfortunate overall. I mean, if she is making three million a year, God bless her. That's that's in, that's incredible. 
but it, it's just unfortunate with everything. I think it's very much a, a region where everybody involved has to really think before they start to do things like this, like on Discord or Twitch or whatever they end up doing. Discord? The fans, what are you talking about? Only, only fans, <laughs> uh, fans only. You know, but like just in general, all of that stuff, all of the streaming, all of the content that you put out there outside of WWE or any business, I feel like you really have to put a lot of thought into the uh, the consequences that could occur, and it, it is it's very just very unfortunate with everything. But she loses the NXT championship and uh, is now still. I mean, the she's the number third spot for longest championship reign there yeah unbelievable you know her reign was great what so what did we see with toxic attraction i thought for sure like so i thought before nxt this past week i thought for sure roxanne perez would win the championship at new year's evil and then Toxic Attraction would go up to the main roster as as a, a trio. Now, I mean, hey, it could still happen. Imagine Toxic Attraction is in a tag team uh, challenge match. Like maybe they op- they answer open challenge for the tag team championships, and then Mandy Rose makes her return to help them win. I don't know. Never say never. <laughs> but that's NXT moving over to SmackDown. They showed the bloodline arriving to SmackDown. Sami Zayn had his hair up in a bun, uh, maybe a shorter beard. I'm not really sure, but they would sprinkle that throughout the night. I'll get back to that. But Michael Cole opened up SmackDown by saying it's Friday. You know what that means? It would have been. Luke Harper's 43rd birthday today, so I thought that was a really nice tribute. First match, though, saw Damage Control pick up the victory over Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox to retain the Tag Team Championships. Uh, I like this match. I like that Team Kick got to open the match together. I like that Damage Control used that Shield Powerbomb. I guess I don't know what to really call it. It's not the Shield Powerbomb. There's not three of them doing it. But they did it on Liv Morgan I thought the step-up code breaker that Liv did off of Tegan Knox's back was nice. But Bailey got involved, and Tegan Knox ends up tossing her over the barricade. Somebody in a hood kicks Tegan Knox, and then EO Sky is able to hit the moonsault and pick up the victory there. And everyone's like, oh my god, who is it? Me immediately, I'm like, oh my god, is it Indy Hartwell? But then I watch the video over, and I'm like, you freeze frame on the face, it's it's Zia Lee. Trending worldwide, Deanna Perrazzo. Trending worldwide, Chelsea Green. Mandy Rose. People really thought it was Chelsea Green or Deanna. But, I mean, you freeze frame on a freeze frame face. You see it's Zia Lee. In a digital exclusive backstage, you see Adam Pierce in a very Scooby-Doo-esque manner. Has her hood taken off. And it's Zia Lee. So... It's not Chelsea Green. (laughs) LA Knight uh, and and Uncle Howdy had that video package recap. They showed what happened last week with LA Knight and what happened when what we didn't see. It was very Wyatt-esque. He was tied up. He was taped. Maybe beaten. We don't know. 
but that leads to LA Knight going to the ring, and he spoke about Bray Wyatt. Great Bray Wyatt impression, by the way. But he calls Bray out, and Bray's like... Also, Bray did a uh, Luke Harper tribute saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like... I know you don't believe me, but you're you're barking up the wrong tree here. It's not me. And L.A. Knight ends up attacking Bray Wyatt, and then Uncle Howdy appears up on the screen, and then he shows up. He comes out through the entranceway, shows up, and just left. And I kind of feel like Bray Wyatt should have been afraid of Uncle Howdy, too, given everything that's gone on in the past. After that, though, Gunther picks up the victory over Ricochet to retain the Intercontinental Championship. They had really good chemistry here. They had this crowd hook, line, and sinker. This was an NXT TakeOver quality match. I think it might be an honorable mention for one of the best matches in WWE this year. I just, I really hate Gunther's new finisher, though. But Imperium, they went to go attack Ricochet afterwards, and Braun Strowman made the save. Backstage, we had more of the bloodline, where Roman Reigns had Adam Pearce summoned to their locker room, and Paul Heyman, on behalf of Roman Reigns, pitches Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens and a partner of his choosing. And they're trying to figure out when it should be. Adam Pearce is like, well, tonight? And they all laugh. And then he's like, well, what about the the Royal Rumble? And Paul Heyman's like, what about network television? What about Fox? What about December 30th? The last SmackDown of the year. So with that being 1230, a mystery tag team partner, who's it going to be? I have to assume John Cena. So John Cena gets his one match in for 2022, continuing his streak. But I'll put a pin in that. After that, we saw Hit Row pick up the victory over Legato Del Fantasma and the Viking Raiders to become the number one contenders to the Tag Team Championships. They get a match next week. The Viking Raiders controlled a lot of this, but it was really kind of hard to like follow who the legal person was here. But there was no DQ given that this was a triple threat. So Zelina Vega, B-Fab, and Valhalla all got involved here. But... In the end, it was uh, Hit Row picking up that victory. So, I don't see the Usos losing anytime soon. And I think that works out in the Viking Raiders' favor that they didn't win. But uh, backstage, we saw Raquel Rodriguez interviewed and Kayla asked her about whether or not she'll be ready for the gauntlet match next week to see who's going to be facing Ronda Rousey next. And she said she's going to be. But then the horsewomen attacked her. And I think this is something that the that Ronda Rousey really needed. Uh, but the gauntlet itself, it's going to be Emma, Zia Lee, Sonya Deville, Tegan Knox, Liv Morgan, and Raquel Rodriguez. I feel like, given that Zia Lee did what she did earlier on, there should be something, like there should have been like a, a bigger build or something for that. Like, why would she, she's able to attack somebody and then be granted a maybe title shot. But to close out SmackDown, the bloodline came out. This was Roman Reigns' big return to SmackDown. He's been out since War Games. And the whole night, it was, will Sammy become an Uso or, or have the honorary removed from his title or what? 
And Roman Reigns said that Kevin Owens has been a problem for Sami Zayn. So if he's a problem for Sami Zayn, it's a problem for him, which means it's a problem for the bloodline. Sami Zayn spoke about Kevin Owens. Roman Reigns spoke about that tag team match that we put a pin in. And Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn was like, Kevin Owens is not going to be able to find another partner. I'm his only friend. And then my guess was correct. It was John Cena. Cena showed up and uh, did Cena shtick, I guess. <laughs> and basically said that everything what I said with the, the last match of, uh, or that he'll have a match this year for the first time in 2022. He has not missed a year since his career. So John Cena, I'm pumped. John Cena, Kevin Owens versus the bloodline. The last SmackDown. Uh, but that's SmackDown today, this week. Going to take a quick little break right now, and I'll be right back here with Chris on Marking Out. This is the new effing show, Jerry Lynn, and you're listening to Marking Out. Back here on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans, and we're on episode 619 with our special guest, Ray Mysterio! <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's not. It's me. It's Chris. Brandon, Brandon, hey. Hi. How art thou? I'm the problem. It's me. No. What? <laughs> it's a little. You're like, I don't know. What you said sounded like Taylor Swift, so I went into Taylor of course Swift. Did, eh? did some <laughs> shtick. Every, did some shtick. All right, good. Fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I had, as I said last week on the podcast, I had my first weekend off uh, since August, and I really reaped the benefits of it and had a great, fun time. Friday night, I did nothing. Saturday, my sister came up from Virginia, so I took her into Brooklyn, and we went to Mission Sandwich Social. I think I mentioned this on the podcast over the summer. Big, high-end, gourmet sandwich shop we went to, and this time I tried the Hail Sean, which I'm still thinking about because it was so good. Uh, Roast beef, um, what was it? Roast beef, chicken cutlets, bacon, pepper jack, hot honey, pickled salsa, jalapeno salsa, Pickled red onions, lettuce, tomato, chili flakes, black pepper, and I added they have a heatness hot sauce. You ever hear of those? No. Okay, well, they have – it's a hot sauce company based out of Brooklyn, um, and they do uh, a corn, the band, hot sauce. It's called Here to Slay. So I added that on there, and I'm still thinking about the sandwich. I feel like that... roast beef and a chicken cutlet together is too much. It was it was a pretty OP sandwich. I'm not gonna lie, and I and like I got one, my sister got one, and then we brought back another sandwich for my other si- sister and her husband. And the next day, they went up to me and they're like, "Yeah, so did you need to take a nap after your sandwich?" I'm like, "Yeah." And like me and my sister sat there like in silence while we were eating our sandwiches, just going, "Oh my god, this is so good." <laughs> um, but yeah, highly recommend it. Mission Sandwich Social. And then afterwards, uh, we went to the Brooklyn Brewery because it was ten minutes away. Got some beers, came home, uh, I hung out, and then on Sunday we did a big family cookie dick decorated thing with my kids, my nieces, my nephews, and uh, it was fun. It's a nice, good, solid weekend, and then, uh, you know, back to the grind on Monday as, uh, you know, we're closing out the end of the year. So, time to, I'm starting to get my, uh, my lists together, because I know uh, we are planning on all doing... A recording of marking out together. Oh, I thought you were about to say uh, like New Year's resolutions. I was like, what? (laughs) We all F that that noise. No, but me, you, me, you, and Dave will get together. We'll do the our marking out end end of year uh, 
uh, awards or you know lists who we think are our top three. Um, so I'm excited for that, and uh, I'm excited just for wrestling because I'm going back and like remembering all the matches that I saw, I watched this year, and trying to remember, hey, what was really good, what was really bad, uh, and what was just mediocre. And there was a lot of really good wrestling, and there was a, a lot of really good wrestling on not Saturday night, Saturday afternoon. Ring of Honor's final event of the year, final battle, hailing from the College Park Center in Arlington, Texas. I got to say, um, uh, I, Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman did an absolutely incredible job at explaining everything just in case there's, like, new viewers. Loved it. And I said it, maybe I said it last year when Tom Hannigan came to Impact, that him and, it was, I think it was D'Lo Brown, they did an amazing job. I feel like Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman just said, hey, hold my beer. I just, I wish they, they would just drinking. put them on Dynamite. They're so much better than what we have on Dynamite. Uh, it's, again, subjective. It's not subjective, um, dude. They are so much better. Well, again, it's, again, it's apples and oranges. It's, I, I, I'm not going to argue with, with you on this. Let's get to the action because you had 12 crazy matches here. Um, you started off with the Zero Hour, which they just loaded to the gills. First match, Jeff Cobb defeats Mascara Dorada via pinfall to kick off the night. Um, it was cool to see Mascara Dorada. Yeah. Am I saying it right, Brandon? It's Mascara Dorada. Okay. So, oh, so oh, oh, it's that. Oh, look at me, Mr. Uppity. What do you mean? You asked, <laughs> How are you going to ask me if you're saying yeah, it but, right? Yeah, but the then, way you like, said it was so me... condescending. No. Like, oh, it's Mascara Dorada. But he is but just, anyway, he's so damn good. And I, yeah, I wish, real good. I really wish that WWE gave him like a, a serious singles push because he, like, he was literally like in Mexico, top tier, one of the best. Top guys, yeah. So it's a shame. So that uh, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard pick up the victory over the Shinobi Shadow Squad of Cheeseburger and Eli Isom via pinfall. It was a match. fun match. The, the, yeah, I the, thought it was, I liked that the handshake at the beginning was very funny. Yeah, that was a fun comedy spot with Cheeseburger and Angelo Parker. Or CB. Yes. I don't know. I don't think he's being called Cheeseburger anymore. I'm not too sure either. Um, Willow Nightingale picks up a victory over Trish Adora. These are two of the top uh, female indie stars with Willow Nightingale recently uh, becoming All Elite. Uh, and Willow picking up a victory here. So, very cool on that. And Top Flight getting a huge rub here off uh, defeating the kingdom of Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. So, two mainstay guys of Ring of Honor. You know, that Top Flight, Top Flight, you know, Top Flight has, has really had a tumultuous 2022, I want to say. A lot of start and stops, unfortunately, due to injury. But to get a win over a very established team like the kingdom. I think it's big. I got to say, before this was announced, I completely forgot that the kingdom was with AEW. Oh, yeah. And I don't think, given that they're, like, big ROH names, I don't think they should have been on, like, the kickoff show. I'm, I'm fine with it. But the, you know, they, they, the top flight was interviewed later on, and the Jericho Appreciation Society cut them off to make fun of them, and then they brawled to the ring, and... That sets up other stuff, and Jericho Appreciation Society cut a promo, which I don't think was necessarily needed for this. No. Well, you know, I think hopefully this Jericho Appreciation Society uh, kind of ends. Who knows? And, Nine months. Somebody could have uh, had a kid in this show, though. time. 
they might have. Yeah. The first night of the Jericho Appreciation Society, they could have been like, all right, let's go. Now. You could name the kid little, Bubbly or something. Yeah, right. Jeez. What a bunch of marks. Uh, main show starts off, though, tag team action as Blake Christian and Air Fox pick over uh, what looked like to be like a botched finish yeah. <laughs> in defeating Roosh and Draglistico. It was a uh, fast paced and high flying as expected, but I think. The ending was so unexpected that it might not have supposed to have been A.R. Fox and Blake Christian coming out as victory. Victors. I know, because you even, you even heard this, the crowd, too, going, you effed up, you effed up, you effed up. Yeah, um, but Los and Gobernables, uh, they continued the attack afterwards. Apparently got suspended for that. Yes, which I think is pretty much all gimmick. Or, right. You know, maybe... Yeah, which I, I think so. But I like, you know what? I like the fact that, like, Roosh, too, during this match, like, Blake Christian A.R. Fox are going balls to the wall, and then he just calmed it down by, like, beating the Everlanding snot out of these guys. They posted a, really a new shirt for them, and Who? it was... LFI? LFI? What? LFI. Did they post a new picture for the factory? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, going as LFI. it was Roosh, um, Jose, and it was also 10, and I'm like... Who the hell is that on the right? Because, like, I was looking for Andrade <laughs> in the picture, and Andrade's not in the picture. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Preston Vance, I forgot he joined them. Yes, he did. After that, though, we saw Athena pick up the victory over Mercedes Martinez to become the new Ring of Honor World Women Women's World Champion. Yes. I like the, the hard-hitting aspect of this. I feel like Mercedes Martinez was knocked out at the end of that match, like legitimately knocked out. I'm not sure because when she went, when she went to go up for the O face, you saw her like kind of stumbling and bumbling around. It's weird because like in this feud, Athena had been like kind of heelish, and then Mercedes Martinez was face out of nowhere. But yeah, because they were in Texas, Athena was big time over here, home state, yeah. home crowd. And I heard traveling, um, people traveling to the show had to deal with, like, a really bad, like, rainstorm and stuff like that. That sucks. I've been hearing a lot of reports. Where, yeah, I know. It totally stinks. But Athena needed this victory, and I, I think it's awesome. Now, I mean, we haven't seen her on TV yet, so hopefully, I don't know what's going to happen. We have Honor World that Tony announced. We could talk, we'll talk about that at the end at the end of the show because there was that great media scrum where nothing happened. Um, <laughs> Swerve in our glory pick up the victory over Shane Taylor promotions in, um, you have to kind of put Keithley and Swerve Strickland over, but the biggest story out of this was, I think we finally seen the split up of Swerve, Swerve in our glory. Swerve started this even, not even before going into the match on the entrance. He didn't even fist bump Keith Lee. And if I'm Keith Lee, I'm like, screw you. I wouldn't even gone to the ring. Yeah, for sure. But uh, J.D. Griffey has an MMA background, so we got to see that play out during the match. Keith Lee put in some serious work here. He caught Shane Taylor off the middle rope. I thought that was very impressive. And yeah, very, for the most way. part, Swerve and Our Glory worked well together as a tag team, but Keith Lee accidentally clocked Swerve. And Swerve ended up leaving this time. Yeah, but and I liked after I, I I liked afterwards how like Chantel Promotions picked Keith Lee up and they're you know they they hugged it out. Yeah, I mean, which is cool. Yeah, JD was 
he accidentally kicked Shane Taylor and that basically led to Keith Lee winning. So I was expecting Shane Taylor promotions to pick up the victory from this, especially with Swerve leaving, but Keith Lee, man. Keith Lee. Hyping him up more than he is has been hyped up. Uh, we have new trios champions as the embassy of Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony defeated Dalton Castle and the Boas via pinfall. I like it. I'm, I mean, I love Dalton, Dalton Castle's character, but I think this is a, a good, you know, powerhouse uh, trios team. Dope uh, Mortis uh, gear from on. Brian Cage. Oh, my God. I marked out hard for that. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. And I, I wasn't expecting to see the embassy pick up the victory there, but I guess perhaps it was dumb of me to pick Dalton Castle and the boys to win. Yeah, when you have two, you know, big meat, three big meaty men slapping meat against, uh, you know, Dalton Castle and the boys, it's kind of, kind of expected. Um, Wheeler Yuta is your new ROH Pure champion as he defeated Daniel Garcia via referee stoppage. Uh, this was the match that I was expecting, and I loved it, and I and really enjoyed it. <laughs> this I just but, wanted to end from the start. Yeah, because you, you you just don't like the Pure rules. It was uh, just, yeah, I didn't like this. But uh, yeah, Yuta kept elbowing Daniel Garcia, and Garcia passed out, so the ref called it. But Trent Seven was sitting ringside for this. We'll talk about that yeah. in a bit. And we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about Spoke Trent about Seven it last and his, week. And his great tan. <laughs> Hell of a tan on that guy, jeez. Like, Hogan 97 tan. Uh, but anyway, after this, you have new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. As the Briscoes defeated FTR via referee stoppage in what people are calling the best match of the trilogy. And also, it is getting late nominations for match of the year. Yeah, I like people are like, you have to add this for a match of the year. You have to. Absolutely. It started think, out all over the place and like hard, like very hard to follow. And then there was just like a certain point that was just like, oh, wow, this is like really good. And I don't even know how you even begin to lay something out like this. Like, how do you decide who's strapped to who? Yeah. I like the fact, I think, I forget which Briscoe it was, but like in the beginning of the match, one of them flicked the chain right at, and, and it knocked, uh, I think, Dax right in the chin. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's a little sign in the beginning. Hey, wake up. It's time to go. Let's do this. I The one you thing know? I didn't like was the ref getting bumped and busted open. Yeah, okay. I, I could see that. But, you but know, I, hey, I liked it, a it lot of aspects. Dash used that collar to rip Mark off the, uh, I think it was the second turnbuckle. Or yes, maybe it was the, the second top turnbuckle, turnbuckle to, actually. And no, it was the second to the floor onto all those uh, the chairs. chairs. I, I sent that gift to Anthony Capozzi. He goes, what is going on here? And then later, Dash slid a bunch of the chairs into the ring, and Dax went to pile drive Jay from the top onto them, and Jay ends up, uh, uh, what did he do? The, he crouched him with the chain? Yes. And then superplexed him onto the pile? Yeah. And I love the end, too, where like he just Dax just passed out, and... You and like the psychology in there too, especially with that end where Cash is trying to get to the ring, but you have Mark Briscoe just pulling him back with the chain, and yeah. he can't get to him. I thought it was great. Now let me ask you something, Brandon, because you 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 you're very good with dates and times and stuff like that. Uh, the FTR had those trunks on that said like twelve, eleven, twenty one to twelve. 10, I think those were their 22. matches. I thought those were the two dates for their their matches. I think with that the was Briscoes. the beginning of the feud to the end of the feud because the final battle last year was the 11th. 
And I think it was just the the timeline of their feud that was an exi- almost a full calendar year. I, I couldn't read the dates. I just thought they were the two the two other dates that they played with. No, one of those in twenty one. They with. had both those matches in twenty two. So, um, um, but yeah, yeah Jay wrapped the blood. Jay wrapped the chains around Dax's head and made him pass out. That was another also, spot I that I felt it. bad when Dax was was trying to wrap the chains. He felt like he like tried his hardest to wrap the chains around his head, and it just wasn't. Like sticking. Yeah, but then he got, he was able to, yeah, but he, yeah, because he's sweating, he's yeah. bloody, you know, that stuff's slipping off, but he did a good job of trying to wrap it on there. Yeah. But, but uh, afterwards, Bravo the guns, to FTR. the guns attacked FTR afterwards, and then the Briscoes eventually made the save, so. Yeah, because it shows that, like, the Briscoes and FTR don't hate each other. I think they both have mutual respect for each other, but they both, are, you know, they're both two of the best tag teams in the world. And this match just showed it. Everyone's like, oh, the Bucks are the best. Nope, sorry, pal. You know, if you want to hear my tag team of the year, it's definitely not the Usos. <laughs> it's definitely FDR. And I'm bringing statistics to this end of the year wrap-up show. From- oh, I'm bringing the stuff, The Usos man. worked like I know- 25 times more matches than FTR. Doesn't matter. They worked one place. They didn't work everywhere. So, but that, FTR that's wasn't a, allowed that's to work the one place they're signed to. Where, AAA? No, they're signed to AEW. They barely worked AEW. Okay, listen. We'll, we'll talk about this in two weeks. I still think that they're... Listen. Um, Samoa Joe defeated Juice Robinson yeah, to thank retain you. Good, good, the good transition. TV championship. Tony Deppin sitting ringside for this. I liked him rocking his uh, crispy boys. Did you know Tony Deppin uh, owns a brewery? I did not know Pottsville, that. Pennsylvania? No. Yeah, that was a, a sweatshirt for his brewery, so... I guess uh, whenever Ring of Honor comes back uh, for either uh, a pay-per-view or, you know, their weekly show that's going to be going on, Tony Deppin will be in the mix. He is a former world television champion. So The uh, the match, I feel like, was slow at points, and I feel like we don't necessarily get that from Samoa Joe often. Yeah, but, like, any match you put after the Briscoes and FTR, like... It's not gonna. It's not gonna hold the candle to it. So maybe we're kind of looking through it through. Uh, was it rose-colored glasses? Is that the know. analogy? I don't know. I was kind of bored with this one. Yeah. Well, you know, you just <laughs> shot your wad on a an amazing uh, match of the year uh, candidate. But so. then the main event too. It's like, ugh. But that's well, not. Have... That's not Jericho's fault. That's not Claudio's fault. It's the Do you think FTR and feud. the Briscoes should have been the main event? No. 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 Because Claudio. Okay. Claudio, when he won the the Ring of Honor Championship the first time, he didn't get that Ring of Honor Championship victory, main event victory. Okay, yeah, because it was the first match on the card. But here, Claudio picked up the victory over Chris Jericho to become the new Ring of Honor Champion. And Jericho tacks out to the big swing. Yeah. So, like, hey, but that's a big, that's a rub, you could say, (laughs) for the big swing, kind of getting that move over than it normally is. I think he did, like, 33 revolutions or something like that. I think it was 25. The the fans, they don't know how to count. I I always hate when they do the big swing. They count seconds instead of turns. Revelations. Revolutions? Revelations. No, Revelations Revelations? is a book of the Bible. Revelations is a book of the Bible. Yes, Revolutions. (laughs) Turns. Turns, turn, yes. turn, That's turns. all the turns that he did. Yeah. His mm-hmm. rotations. That's a good R word we could yeah, say. Rotation. Whatever. <laughs> but still, Claudio does not have to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. He wins, and he gets the, the rub he deserves. So I liked right at the start that Jericho went after Riccoboni. 
<laughs> oh yeah, so he just started chasing after him. But the um, the Jericho Appreciation Society made their way out during this, and Jericho used the baseball bat. Claudio ends up kicking out of that, and then that led to the the giant swing and Jericho fighting with marks on Twitter. Of course he would. Because I mean, well, it, I, I wasn't a fan of the finish. I thought it was goofy, but okay, I liked it. it I, I it do understand it. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to be able to. I I get dizzy and sitting in a car, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> getting rotated around like that. I, I can't that. even imagine. But but Brandon's uh, not yeah. going on the graviton anytime soon. Then uh, Wheeler Yuta and Jerry Lynn came out to celebrate. So maybe Jerry, Jerry Lynn, Lynn's going to be the new face of the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. <gasps> oh my goodness gracious! Imagine he starts doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a burp awesome. from you, right? You did that on purpose. No, that was me going to the Blackpool Combat Club. Right. I legit thought you burped in, in the middle of it, and then I was like... Why? I was like, that seems like too perfect, because that's like literally what Jerry Lynn does, but... I know, though. I know how to do metal vocals. Come on. I had a, I had a conversation one time with Jerry Lynn about Hatebreed. It was great. Man, I saw the tears in your eyes when that conversation was happening. <laughs> with a tear <laughs> in my eye! Um, but anyway, awesome show by Ring of Honor. I feel like uh, they've really been putting the bang of their buck on these pay-per-views since the uh, relaunch. Afterwards, Tony Khan said that Honor Club's coming back. It's going to be nine ninety nine a month. You're going to get the whole Ring of Honor library. And next year at some point, there will be a weekly show that will be added to that. Um, am I, am I going to get the Honor Club? Probably not. Um, do, am I excited that they're going to be doing a weekly show through here? Like, I get it. You know, maybe they're just trying to put that product out for big higher ups within Warner Brothers Discovery to see, and then maybe oh, I think that, that come the fall already passed. I know, but maybe come the fall they uh, put Ring of Honor on TV. So I was under Honor, the impression, Honor, based off of Tony Khan's hype, that it was going to be like, "We got it, we're on HBO Max," and then <laughs> it was literally, "Hey guys, you're gonna have to pay us ten dollars a month." To, yeah, but you know the uh, the hardcore Ring of Honor fans will pay that ten bucks a month, especially for the the I, library I think, is insane. I think there's going to be a lot less people signed up for Honor Club. Okay, uh, it's just it, yeah, to me, it's just uh, a, a shame that WWE didn't purchase that library because we could have all course. been watching it on Peacock and underneath WWE. It, yeah, 100%. I love WWE. It would have all been on Peacock. There's no streaming service for AEW. I know. Well, not not now, at least. And I think with the addition that we've had in the past with all the Ring of Honor stuff on AEW television, where Tony Khan's like, oh, after this pay-per-view, we're not going to see Ring of Honor. Well, they're not going to go hardcore on Ring of Honor. Right, which clearly is not the case, but... Why is it not... Uh, well, I mean, we saw it why? Because they should... Why? Because on Dynamite, you had a backstage promo with... John Moxley and the Blackpool Combat Club, who are a the biggest babyface no, stable. We had, in... we had a bit more Ring of Honor stuff on TV. Like what else? Brian Cage. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, Brian Cage lost to Jungle Boy in a match where Jungle Boy is now uh, you know the Giant Slayer. So he beat you know he beats up uh, and he said it. I know I'm jumping way way ahead right now, but it was more of a. Focusing on it, the the story there was that Brian Cage, you know, they mentioned him having the Ring of Honor title, but it wasn't like, oh, hey, blah, blah, the same thing. The story was Jungle Boy is now going to be the Giant Slayer and he's going to beat up every Giant. But regardless of all that, I think with Tony Khan <laughs> having all that Ring of Honor on AEW television, which I was fine with, I'm like, give me 
Just switch Rampage over to Ring of Honor. I know. I, you said that, and but, I, I, I like that. But but with everything that he was putting on TV, I think it was to show Warner Discovery or whatever, like, hey, maybe you guys want to invest in this. Maybe you guys want to put this on TV. And it didn't pan out, and the, the big announcement, I think, was not good. Okay. I think it's very that, unfortunate. That's your... That, yeah, it's unfortunate. I would love to see Ring of Honor on TV, but even know, if it wasn't on TV, stream. I would have loved to have have it on YouTube. Like Tony said himself, he's like, "Oh, I think they deserve more than YouTube." But right now, there's nothing. So I think it was a disservice to not have, especially because you know they're putting out, they're literally pumping out hours of useless AEW dark, where it doesn't always go to television. The stuff that happens on dark. It goes to YouTube. No, but I'm saying like the the storylines and stuff. Okay. Like Athena, apparently she gets suspended on AEW Dark. That and goes did... that goes to TV. But when you have something like Universal Studios where you can book all that stuff, how do you not just book Ring of Honor there and just change Dark? Maybe going forward, that's well they'll, they'll be doing Ring of Honor programming. Maybe, like, I know this weekend, Saturday, I think it's just Saturday, is the dark tapings right. at Universal Studios. Maybe now they'll be doing it, like, I think they do it once every two months. So then maybe, maybe like, January, it'll be all Ring of Honor tapings, and then February will be dark tapings, and they'll just keep flip-flopping for that. I don't know. Listen, you walk I, into uh, I Universal the Ring of Honor Studios, Pro- and there's signage all over for WWE programming. I think that's funny. Yeah, and also like WWE socks. And stuff. I remember when I was there uh, in April, there was like WWE socks and stuff like that. But anyway, I'm excited what the Ring of Honor um, the product is going to be um, going forward. I'm going to pay attention to it. I hope they do a good job of kind of keep kind of mentioning it on AEW programming. Speaking and of speaking uh, Ring of, of Honor, AEW programming, Ring of Honor programming, though. What? Yeah, what? Sorry to cut you off there. Jonathan Gresham announced he signed with uh, Impact Wrestling. So we're not going to see him get his... He showed up on Impact last night. Yeah, we're not going to see him get his rematch for the Ring of Honor Championship. Whatever. It is is what it is, you know. Not that I expected we were going to anyway, but... I think it was uh, a great move for them to bring Jonathan Gresham in to Impact. I watched Impact last night. I had no idea Delirious was doing stuff with them. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Ring of Honor guys that were... I mean... There was that whole honor no more stable, and right. then, you know, Impact kind of picked and chose uh, who they wanted to take. Um, I, I guess Delirious is to maybe do a more like backstage producer role since he's done a lot of that. Um, and what else was good last night on there? Major Players versus the Decay was good. Motor City won the titles. Uh, what won the tag team titles? Yes, uh, Bully Ray and uh, Tommy Dreamer had a you know a love. Uh, 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 you know, really got to each other in a great in-ring uh, promo between the two of them, um, and uh, yeah, so that's impact for this week. Um, so I want to see the major players win the tag team titles, but we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. Let's go back to Friday though, and let's go to Rampage, uh, match after match after match. John Moxley defeats Konosuke Takeshka. He's all elite again, and these guys had another. You know, Takeshka's just really good. Yeah, and. Keep putting them against these high-profile guys. I'm about it. I just don't get the blood. Yeah, but that's you. Know, that's you. But do you, uh, like, it, it, after a big boot, I don't think it's necessary. You never know. Have you ever got hit with a big boot in the head before? I've been kicked in the face, yes. 
Okay, but yeah, but have you been Steel booted boot, in? Yes. Okay. By who? When did this happen? You got into a fight? Yeah, with a horse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, afterwards, though, uh, Hangman Page makes a beeline for the ring. Um, two ba- baby faces here fighting off against each other. Uh, Hangman was apparently just there to uh, get cleared. Yeah, so. and apparently Doc Sampson won't clear him because of his brain. But they went on to brawl regardless, which they literally just did a concussion storyline with, with Brian Danielson. So, yeah, listen, everything in wrestling gets recycled. It was uh, Yeah, so everything gets recycled. Um, Hikaru Shida defeats the Bunny for the Regina D-Wave Championship that I've never heard of in my life. The title's apparently I from apologize Pro Wrestling about that. Wave. Never heard of Pro Wrestling Wave either. Yeah, but uh, Hikaru Shida now will get a shot against Jamie Hayter's undisputed AEW World Championship next week. I would like to see the Bunny win, but you know what? I get it, you know. I jumping ahead again, dying about this week. They had a nice little promo uh, between a uh, little, you know, pre-produced spots, hyping up the match for next week. So cool. Lee Moriarty and Big Bill defeated Izzy Izzy James and Clayton Bloodstone squash match. Essentially, that's that's, uh, that's some name change. Big Bill. They apparently already had somebody on AEW Dark wrestling as Big Bill too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Never pay attention. To and that. it also could have been a match that could have been for AEW Dark instead of this they're trying to hype up the firm and i know uh stokely hathaway was on the sessions with renee young recently saying that you know because of cm punk's quitting or you know leaving the company and stuff like that the firm got really really screwed up and everything that they were supposed to do for like four months got screwed up so you kind of have to they're working their ways into kind of getting them back up there and trying to hype them up again so uh, you made a vet, so Orange Cassidy with the best friends pick up the victory over Kip Sabian's choice. We spoke about it last week. Trent Seven. Hell of a tan on Trent Seven. Um, I like this match a lot. I thought it was fun. Um, uh, after the match, though, you have Kip Sabian run in and jump Orange Cassidy. Um, and then you have the natural Dustin Rhodes run out to the ring and hit Trent with a with some offense. Especially Dustin Rhodes is in, uh, in his own hometown of Texas. I just don't so. know how... WWE released Trent. I feel um, they, like unless it was his choice or something, like I feel like he could have easily come to NXT and fit in there. You think so? Especially this new regime NXT 100%. that's trying to get a lot younger. I, I think a hundred percent he could have. But it's weird. His can. his entrance video for AEW says Mustache Mountain in it, but it wasn't shown on television. And WWE really? owns the trademark for Mustache Mountain. Oh crap! So I wonder if like. They didn't realize that. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know how that stuff works, but I just thought it was weird. But it was a good match. Yeah, I, I thought about it. It kind of sets up uh, for this uh, big eight band, whatever they're doing this week on Rampage. Yeah. But the, the main part of the reason why Kip had to find a replacement was because he was injured. Yes. But we found out afterwards that he clearly wasn't injured as he attacked Orange Cassidy. He just bit is the old good old bait and switch. And it looked like Trent wasn't going to join in at first, and uh, but then he eventually did. But two no, noble Englishmen beating up people <laughs> with, with great mustaches. So about it. Rampage is good. Let's go to Dynamite. Winter is coming. It from they're staying in Texas because they're at the Curtis Cowell Center in Garland, Texas. You started off with the the best of seven series match number four. 
in which the Death Triangle picks up the victory over the Elite. It looked like Matt Jackson hurt his ankle. He hobbles to the back, comes out. Um, but it was Penta smashing the Timekeeper's hammer onto Nick's ankle, and then the Death Triangle were victorious. Yeah, Fennex with that inverted knee bar. Yeah. Um, afterwards, Kenny Omega, you know, essentially just highlighted, hey, guess what? We're down 3-1, but we're going to come back. We're going to win this entire thing. I think As the commentary spoiled this victory. I think it got all I, – I don't think it – well, I think like – Commentary, commentary, and I feel like the way that the last part when they were trying to hype up those last three matches kind of got because they kept showing that graphic. Well, before but they that graphic, though, commentary they heavily focused on the deficit. Yeah, so, because you have to tell you have to like kind of tell that story, especially if you're down like that. But I think it was so heavily so, focused on that we knew that Death Triangle was going to be winning this, and then there was going to be a bigger deficit. And then, yes, like you said, that graphic showed up that we were unaware of all these stipulations where Kenny, well, Kenny like Kenny did a real I didn't Kenny did a didn't do a great job. It's like it's going to be no DQ. I know I false count anywhere. Yeah. And then they didn't mention the seventh match because Kenny, which well, no, is cause uh, he I think Kenny just said he was like, I want the hammers to be legal. Actually, I would like for all weapons to be legal for the next match. So we had that. That was that was made official. And then the graphic, I think, accidentally showed the stipulations for the next two matches. Ah, because then commentary did. was later on from, from that graphic being shown. Commentary was like, oh, well, well Tony Khan just told us that this match is going to be this and this match is going to be that. Yeah. So I don't true. think they meant to show that we're going to get a, I think it's false count anywhere. And then a ladder match. It's, it's no, it's no DQ false count anywhere. as an escalera de muerte. Yeah. So I don't so. think they, they knew. I don't think they meant to show us that, but it's like, you, you, you know, now that the elite's going to win this hundred percent. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, we knew, so we knew from the start that there was probably going to be a time where, the elite were going to be down a lot in this series. We said yeah. this on the show, I believe. Yeah. And that the elite were obviously going to win the tag team championships. If you want to surprise me, please, please have death triangle win. <laughs> so, so we got three more matches coming up after this match, though, Alec Marvez backstage with MJF, just hyping up their match, his match with Ricky Starks after this cutting a hell of a promo. Um, later in the night, Ricky Starks will respond with a hell of his own promo. Um, and I think Kenny Omega mentioned this in his promo. You know, I, I don't understand why he mentioned it, but he's like, yep, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of talking on the show today. So, um, <laughs> that's, like, yeah, right, that's, whatever. yeah, that's whatever. But yeah, no, we did have a lot of talking. The acclaim came out and, uh, Max was in the middle of his rap and got attacked by double J Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh and Jay Lethal. Yeah. And Jeff Jarrett so smashed like his we... guitar over Max's head. Yeah. Oof. It looks like uh, we know the next people that will be going for that title. It's going to be Jeff Jarrett and uh, Jay Lethal. And uh, about uh, it. I like it. Jeff and Jay Lethal? I guess it would be, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because there's, no sta- there's no more rankings, so we don't know anymore. <laughs> but then we had an interview with the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society backstage. And Jericho said he's going to be facing a jobber in order to get a tune-up before getting a rematch against Claudio. And Jericho then said that Daniel Garcia shouldn't have lost a pure championship, so he now wants him to to shadow Sammy Guevara from now on. 
Yeah, then Sammy goes in to hype up his match against John Moxley. He does not, like... Yeah, this is what, like, really irked me. Like, he was talking to Daniel Garcia, but he wasn't talking to Daniel Garcia. He was looking in the freaking camera. Well... He's like, yeah, all right, Daniel Garcia, looking in the camera. Like, look at him. He's standing right next to you. Make <laughs> it seem believable. Later on, the Blackpool Come Combat on. Club, uh, they basically put everybody on notice. But Brian Danielson was missing from that segment. John Moxley ends up challenging Adam Page to show up to Rampage next week with Dark Order. With Adam Dark Page, Order things, as he said. Yeah, Adam Page gave a medical update later on and said that when he was concussed, he didn't even know his his son's name. Yeah, and I liked he's like he's like I've been you know, he's like I've been to hell and if I have to go back there, so be it. So Really, I mean what they're doing right now with this John Moxley hanging on page with what they can do. With this feud I'm about, they're making it, like, very emotional. It's not about the wrestling. It's about what John Moxley did to him. Uh, so, yeah. But then, then, I, then there's, like, the side of the feud where it's, like, how how could you be actually pissed off at somebody if you got concussed? Like, it just it's wrestling that, that you know the risk. Yeah. But, you know. It's not like he's John Moxley's being like, oh, man, I'm so sorry I gave you a concussion during the match. John Moxley's like, yeah, I gave you a concussion. Guess what? Big whoop. But go, you know, go after yourself. <laughs> so Match after that, though, you already spoke about Jungle Boy picked up the victory over Brian Cage. We saw Prince Nana get involved. And Brian Cage tapped behind the referee's back. And then Brian Cage ends up knocking Prince Nana off the apron by mistake. And Jungle Boy got a, a roll up. Good. So it's like in that aspect, why would anybody think a Ring of Honor guy was going over? Because it's, and I said it before, it's more of the story about Jungle Boy being the giant killer now. Because, you know, he, uh, last week he was attacked by Big Bill. So now this week he goes on the microphone and he says, Big Bill, he's like, I'm going to beat up all these, uh, can I say that word? You can say beat up, yes. No, the female dog. Nah, you don't say that. that, no. Yeah, well, yeah, he said he's going to beat up uh, Big Bill's female dog. Uh, whatever he said. Uh, then Lee Moriarty comes out, jumps Jungle Boy. Big Bill chokeslams uh, Jungle Boy. And then Hook comes out to save the day. And Is everybody it powders out. that Big Cass was afraid of Hook? Listen, he didn't want to get into any trouble with Hook. Hook's, you never know what Hook's going to do. I, lo- I think the crowd was great on Wednesday night. As, you know, he comes out, everybody pops huge for Hook, and they really did a good job of really like, hell yeah, it's Hook! He's here! He's saving the day! You know, we haven't seen Hook in a little bit, so I'm about it. Um, I don't think it's foolish. I just think Bill Bill didn't want to get into a fight, especially with somebody like Hook. So, uh, after this, you saw the House of Black make their triumphant return to the ring, picking up a victory over the factory. Uh, the match didn't even get the start without the factory, uh, you know, Julia Hart spitting black mist in the eyes of Camarado. Everybody else gets taken off in the back, and it's a swift roundhouse kick and a pin for the statement win by the House of Black. So you think maybe after the Elite wins the trios, Tyler, you think they're going uh, up? They're going to be up against the uh, House of Black? I think Probably. so. I feel like this match, though, um, I would have liked it more if they did the end of the match and then the beginning of it after that. What do you mean the end of the match and then the beginning of the match? Like the the House of Black attacked everybody and then the bell rang. Like I don't know how you could ring the bell when there was literally nobody. Everyone was down. Yeah, okay. 
I can see that. So it's like you could still have the one kick finish, but then you do the brawl. Okay, true. After that, yeah. Britt Baker was interviewed, like you had said before, and uh, this time she spoke about Hikaru Shida. Sky Blue showed up, challenged Britt Baker to a match. That gets set up for AEW Rampage. The yes, end. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Britt Baker uh, against Sky Blue. I'm about it. Action Andretti picks up the victory over Chris Jericho. And a match that I feel like the crowd got more and more into as it progressed. Yeah, well, After Andretti kicked kick- out of that code breaker. People went nuts. He ducked the Judas effect. People went wild. He reversed the walls of Jericho. And then hit that standing shooting star press to pick up the victory. I thought that they would have whoever Jericho was facing win. Because Jericho's now on a downward spiral from losing the Ring of Honor championship. I like this a lot. And I thought Chris Jericho, you could, you know, did more for Action Andretti in, during that match than has been done for... Action Andretti's now... Uh, uh, people are going to want to see him next he's week. Signed. You're going to have to... He's, yes, they, they had the uh, paperwork come out, after the social the media plug yeah. afterwards. <laughs> but now I need to know, like, what is there, is there going to be, like, some sort of title shot in his future? I, w- I want to know what's next for him. I know. Well, now, now it's getting... Yeah, you're invested now. Just because he he won, now Chris Jericho did big things for this kid, and I'm about it. I'm Jericho excited for it. Jericho was super pissed off throwing stuff, everything backstage. I, yeah, I thought that was really good. I just thought the just, one thing that came from this segment was everybody online saying it was just like one, two, three kid versus Razor. And it's literally nothing like one, two, three kid versus Razor. Like if you're going to try to say it's what, like something, it's Santino versus Umaga. No. Yes, when he won no. the Intercontinental Championship. Okay. Oh, yeah, but I mean. Action Andretti has been featured on Dark and Elevation. And well, like yeah, that, but so. nobody really knew. No, but they I were chanting, like... let's go jobber and commentary. It's like, oh, God, we can't even say that word. I, I think Taz gets so pissed off by that word. Really? Why? I, Why I, do you think that? I'm almost certain I've seen him talk about that. Okay. Cool. Like, if you notice, uh, commentary was not saying the word. They were not saying the words because I don't think they they appreciated it that much. Jericho you know, says it. Like, Jericho doesn't care. He'll say jobber. Yeah, well, Jericho's one of the freaking goats of wrestling. He can say whatever he wants. Don't call me a jobber. You know who that is or no? No. Who? <laughs> uh, Damian Demento. Oh, okay. Back when I don't. He was like he went. It was uh, towards the I think the early years of the YouTube or whatever. It might have been predate, predated YouTube. Everyone would call him a jobber. Those you shoots, right? I don't know. It was just he would do these like videos that he would film himself, not even looking at the camera in his own house, talking about The Undertaker and everything. And he was he's like, don't call me a jobber. I'm not a jobber. So next up after this blood feud, <laughs> Ruby Soho picks up the victory over Ty Mello. Um, I liked her little finisher. The destination unknown. It's called. Yeah. And uh, good. Ruby Soho picks up the victory. Get her back on TV after a devastating injury. Anna Jay made her way out, too, and she attacked Ruby Soho. So do you think there's a tag match with Ruby Soho and somebody versus the Jericho Appreciation Society females? I mean, that's typically how it works in AEW. Yeah, it does. We also had a uh, video package for FTR and the gun, so that match is going to be happening. I don't know when. Next week at Holiday uh, Showdown, I think. Holiday Express. Whatever they're calling 
Yeah, <laughs> choo-choo. Choo-choo. Anyway, main event time for the AEW World Championship and the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Winner takes all. MJF, first title defense, and he is successful. Picking out the victory over Ricky Starks. What did you think about this match, Brandon? I thought this was the best match on Dynamite, but it didn't really feel like a main event match to me. Why did it not feel like a I don't know. It just... It wasn't bad. It just didn't feel like it was the main event. It didn't feel like it was for the, the AEW championship. Okay. It just felt like it could have been any other oh. match on the card. Do you think it's because of the size of Ricky Starks and MJF? No, I don't think that. Do you think they need... I don't think it's the size. Okay. Maybe it has to do okay. with them like Ricky Starks is number one contender. Ricky Starks is number one contender again. I don't know if that has any play into my feelings about this. I don't know. Did you sure, like really. hate it or what? I didn't hate this match. I thought it was a fun match. I, th- I liked the beginning where I think Ricky Starks was, I think, really too fired up because it didn't seem they really got into a rhythm until a couple minutes into the match. I thought the um, end of the match was like, like, so they're both knocked down at one point and it got to a nine count. Ricky Starks. He's using every last bit of energy that he has to cover MJF. MJF was playing possum. Locks him in that salt of the earth. I thought that was the best spot on Dynamite. Was that salt of the earth spot. And he did absolutely everything that he could to to not have Ricky Starks reach the ropes. Which Starks eventually reached, reached the ropes. But that was just a brilliant spot right there. But then MJF, well, he ends was, up putting the, the referee into Ricky's way and low-blowed him and then did what he did. So in his first title defense, he cheated to win. Yeah, So, but that's what a heel's supposed right. to do. How pissed off would you have been if you were sitting on in that crowd and MJF is going through the crowd and throws throws your popcorn on the floor? Um, I would have tweeted at Tony Khan immediately <laughs> like an IWC person and, uh, with a copy of my receipts. I would have emailed All Elite Wrestling and say, I would like to be re-incompetated because you're, one of your talent knocked my popcorn. He also like took bucks. somebody's hat and threw it. And the guy seemed okay. happy for it to happen. I would have been furious. <laughs> That's why you don't get seats down low then. But after the match, American, American Dragon Brian Danielson chases MJF away. Uh, looks like Brian Danielson will be MJF's next uh, opponent. So... People are like, we what? want Brian to be champion, and then it just—I I don't think it's going to ever happen. I want—I want MJF to have that title until 2024. Yeah, because I think it would just make it very interesting. Or if he even loses it for a couple months and then wins it back, but I would love to see him have it until 2024, until the you know the bidding war, as he keeps talking about. I wonder if this match is going to be like December 11th or not December, January 11th. Uh, next week it's called Holiday Bash, Brandon. And they're still right, but but uh, MJF said he's not going to wrestle any matches, and he's not going to defend the title at all unless he wants to. True. Well, he's a champion; doesn't have to. So when Brian Danielson shows up ringside, I would like to see that match like not happen for weeks. He just keeps holding, like they do it like the nine o'clock time hour on like the 11th and MJF comes out and goes, you know what? I don't have to do this. And he walks out. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. How about it? But it can't so, be like repetitive. Okay. 
Yeah, for sure. Like it has to. They have to figure out different ways for MJF to weasel out of it. Right. Maybe so, you could have a wardrobe malfunction champion. or something. One week. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yep. Can't. That's a nod to my, uh, my, I ha- Yes. No, we're not. We're not doing. Yeah, it. it's sports entertainment. But anyway. So anyway, that's AEW for this week. Uh, next week you got Holiday Bash. I think it's FTR versus the Guns. Um, and that's that on that front. I want to talk a little bit of indie wrestling right now, just because the really big weekend coming up here, GCW has a big event. And I kind of want to talk to you about this too, because for years, I mean, for months now we've been talking, you know, he's one of the top 10 wrestlers of the, of the year. Um, El Hijo del Vikingo. Is that, that's how you say it? Correct. Did I say it right? Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You said I did it before so i did that GC, like gcw has america's oh most my wanted. god yes it's tonight it's tonight if you're listening if you're listening to this at 10 30 when this episode drops it's probably starting like right now um you, you're supposed to have hilo hilo Vikingo versus blake christian was supposed to be on the card however like this week at like the 11th hour apparently it's come out that as per triple a agreements I want to I want to see what they originally said. I'm looking at GCW's Twitter right now. There's a plus sign. Da, 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 da. Keep looking. I don't care about the G, the, G, the Super J Cup. Uh, well, the main event of tonight is going to be Tony Deppin versus Nick Gage for the GCW Championship. I'm about that. I'm a fan of it. Um, but so he was supposed like this match was supposed to be streamed. It, Triple Triple A now has come out and said. None of his matches, none of uh, Vikingo's matches will be streamed on any sort of platform. They will not be on video on demand. Uh, they will just not be shown, period. Which I think is so it's, odd. It's on par with AAA, though, to do that. I, yeah, well, you pay attention to AAA more than I do. They, they, like, they do, like, the most want... random things always. And it's always like, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But and he's supposed to be a PWG this year too. Yeah. Too. He was supposed to be Battle of Los Angeles, but they're ch- like Battle of Los Angeles is changing it as well now. Um. So I just think it's real strange. It's uh, yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that AAA does stuff like that. It's... Yeah. No. I. But the the card for America's Most Wanted, I think, is super stacked. As I said, you got anybody that's going to be in attendance to get to see the Kingo versus Blake Christian. Main event, Tony Deppin is going to be facing off against Nick Gage for the GCW Championship. Uh, you are going to have Joey Janela facing off against uh, Pagano, which would be cool. Uh, Matt Cardona is going to be facing off against Starboy Charlie. Uh, Wait a minute. In, now, how's Pagano's what? match going to be aired? I don't. Maybe he has a different agreement. But I think they just I think AAA just wants to milk in as much as they can with I, I think it's very selfish of them. Um, Master Slamovich will be facing off against Dark Sheik. And in a match that's been a feud right now, has, uh, Charles Mason is going to be facing off against Effie. But yeah, there's that. Um, what else is this weekend that's going on? Oh, Matt Cardona's facing Bully Ray at the, GC, at the ECW arena. It's going to be the battle of who's, who's more extreme. So I'm hoping Matt puts Billy Ray through a door. And on that note, that's it for the wrestling. Let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week. Um, 
we talked about the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. We're going to talk about somebody who had the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship earlier this year. She used to be known as Roxy. Her name is now Roxanne Perez. She is the new NXT Women's Champion, defeating Mandy Rose this past Tuesday on NXT. Uh, kudos to her. You know, you want to talk about women who have had an outstanding year. She's one of them. Yeah. Because she started off the Women's World Champion of Ring of Honor. She's now the NXT Women's World Championship. So, congrats to her. She also won that uh, Iron Survivor Challenge this past weekend at uh, the NXT uh, Deadline event. So, go check that match out. And that might be the last time we see Mandy Rhodes in a, uh, a wrestling ring. But I hope not because I feel like she's done a lot of things for her career in the past year. Um so only time will tell. So on that note, let's get to Brandon and his shout-outs. Hey, wow, this is Owen Wilson. You're listening to Brandon's shout-out. The first shout-out goes to the White Lotus. I gave it a shout-out last year when the first season aired, but the full second season's out now. It's on HBO. You could watch it on HBO Max as well. Um, It follows a few different people in Italy this time at a, 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 an Italian white Lotus resort, I guess. But Jennifer Coolidge is like the main character that was brought back from season one. And I saw a bunch of people calling the show trash and saying how boring this new season is. Um, but I don't know if you didn't like the first season, I don't know why you'd watch the second season, but I very much so enjoyed both seasons of this show. And it was definitely a darker season. I understand what people were saying with that, but I just, I can't say enough good things about the white Lotus. I just think it's so good. It's such a good show. And I, I, I would hope, I, I don't know if there's going to be a season three. I hope there is. I'm not really, I'm not familiar with it all that much. I just hear a lot of people speaking about it, but it sounds very entertaining. Yeah, and Jennifer Coolidge is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, next shout-out goes to Jamie Noble, because as of right now, he wrestled his final match in the main event at the live event at uh, the WWE Charleston, West Virginia show. Teaming with Rich Holland and Butch and Braun Strowman to take on the bloodline, and he got the victory. But he's in fantastic shape. I know yeah, he's I, a producer, but it seems like he should be wrestling weekly on NXT to help like build the next generation up. I mean, who knows what injuries he has too, though? But injuries? yeah, no, what do you mean? He wrestled a whole match. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's still great to see that they gave that to him. You know, yeah. especially in his hometown crowd and stuff like that. That's very special. That's very cool. Uh, and then the last shout out goes to the National Treasure series that's out now on Disney Plus. Uh, I think it's definitely on par with how the movies were in terms of searching for treasure, and like the the mysteries and and like the heels and faces aspect of it. Uh-huh. Uh I don't think they ruined the movies by having this show, like a lot of people are saying. And I, okay. I'm I'm very entertained. I like I watched the first episode. I'm like, bro, I wish this whole season was out right now. And what what would ruin the movies though? I have no idea. I saw people, a bunch of people. Oh, my childhood's ruined. They took this beautiful Nick Why? Cage movie and sequel and turned it into a TV show that has nothing to do with Nick Cage. Uh, 
I mean, I, I, I have no idea. The first two episodes are out right now. The trailer, in my opinion, made it seem like the main star of the show is going to be Nick Cage's daughter. Okay. Because she's talking to the the uh, the FBI agent, Sandusky, who's from the movies. But it turns out it's not his daughter. But oh, Spoiler. Whatever. It's not like a major spoiler because that's like uh-huh. the whole premise of the show is like, it. Ha- I guess it has nothing to do with Nick Cage. Yeah. I was thinking maybe like it sets up Nick Cage coming back for the third movie or something. Uh-huh. But... We know from the trailer that the the character Riley is also in it, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of this show. If it was out right now, full season, I would 100% have finished it. Already. Watch it, yeah, I'd, it'd already be done. Because I'm just mm-hmm. a fan of those National Treasure movies, so I've just been waiting. Yeah. I I want a third movie. So right now, if we get the series and that's it, I'm fine with that because I'm enjoying what what they're showing us. No. Yeah. The only thing that I'm binging, well, not binging, during my lunch break, uh, my coworker tosses it on, uh, Love is Blind on Netflix. Interesting. But, yeah, yeah. A little uh, reality TV over there. But, yeah. You're free to binge whatever you want to binge. You are. You are. I, I choose Love is Blind. You didn't choose. Your coworker chose. No, no, no. I... She she originally chose, but so we finished season three, and we were trying to figure out what to watch next uh, during the lunch break. And I told her, "Let's go to Love Is Blind season one." Think of Stifler's mom. So now we're mom, doing season one, right? Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's huh? mom. You got that in your head, nah. right? Oh wait, is she the one in Legally Blonde? Yeah, Makes yeah, yeah. That's Stifler's mom. Yeah, that's Stifler's mom. I don't know mom. who Jennifer Coolidge is by name. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was her or I think the girl in Bride of Chucky is Jennifer something. Yes, but I'm blanking on her last name, Tilly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking Jennifer Tilly when you said Coolidge. But yes, that's Stifler's mom. But think of Stifler's mom. Are we allowed to say the M word on this show? <laughs> I mean, we could. They Twitter blew up yesterday. There's a new reality show, I guess, called Milf Manor coming uh-huh. out. <laughs> okay. But it's a premise that was a joke on 30 Rock. Okay. So I thought I just thought it was funny because you're you're now watching Love is Blind. That's that's a reality competition, is it not? It's not a competition. It's really or a reality show or whatever. So it's these people that go into this house where they're trying to find marriage they're trying to find the the one and only like their love so they all go into these separate rooms and they have these conversations and talks to the opposite person but they can't see each other there's a wall blocking them so they're talking through walls to each other so you're really trying to find out their personality and then the person proposes to you and then after that, after the proposal, they finally meet. Propose? Like, get on one knee? Like, will you marry like, me? Like, get on one knee, will you marry me? After a conversation? One convo? Or... Yeah. I mean... It, what? No. Like, it's it's a bunch of... I mean, they have, like, a bunch of conversations where they get to know each other. They talk about oh, their so past. So not one convo. And, 
No, no, it's just not. It's not just one conversation. I don't know how long they do it for. It could only be like a week or two. You know, I don't like most likely with reality TV. It's just a, probably a week or two that they just talk to each other. Right. Uh, but they do not see the opposite sex at all. So they have no clue what they look like. And most of them choose not to talk about what they look like either, their appearances. So then the guy proposes and then they're... Um, Has the woman they ever have, proposed or no? I was just thinking that. I don't know. In season three, no, I don't believe a woman proposed in season three. But season one and season two, maybe? I know that I'm going to be watching season one and season two, but but so then the two couples, they, they the two people, they finally meet, they finally see each other, and they hug each other and they kiss, and then they live with each other for another like two weeks or whatever it is, and they really get to know each other even more, and then after that, they end up going to the altar to officially get married in front of their family and friends, and then at the altar is the big like. Do they say yes or do they say no? So and there has I, been uh, now. There I has, think I feel like you might like married at first sight. That, that's <laughs> funny you said that because a friend that I was marking out to about the show too, uh, <laughs> she she was telling me that I should watch Married at First Sight because it's similar to this premise. Yeah, and I'm it like, sounds because that the Married at First Sight is you literally get married at first sight and then you go on your honeymoon. You live together, and then after whatever, I don't know if it's like six <laughs> weeks or whatever, they they ask you on decision day, do you want to stay married or do you want to get divorced? Yeah, I yeah, I mean, have you ever seen? You know, obviously, I'm I'm describing it to you. You've never seen it. No. Um, it's really addictive because you have these people. Like, there's some couples that you just love, and you're like, oh, she, she's really sweet. He's really sweet. I hope that they work out. And then there's moments where, like, the person will say something. You're like, no, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? Like, spoiler alert, Bartise. Like, or, or like, there's just jerks, you know? Him, just a jerk. And then uh, Cole, another jerk. Just well, jerks. Those, those are my shout-outs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the shout-outs. I'm a mark for this stuff. For... Apparently, I'm a mark for reality TV. Our... For... Markout moment of the week. Uh, I'm going to start with wrestling markout moments. Do you have any markout moments? Yes. Uh, in honor Aside from of, Love is uh, Blind or whatever? Yeah. In honor of Rey Mysterio, uh, my markout moment is Rey Mysterio in general. Yeah. That's my markout moment. So no no bumper from right. <laughs> I can't. I mean, we'll we'll find out when with Chris. You know. Yeah, okay. But <laughs> I, I have to say, I feel like maybe something that uh, that you saw. I think I almost no, I, you saw it. I well, no, I'm 100 percent sure you saw it. We had we spoke about it. I did I'm mark going, out, but I forgot what. I'm going from NXT level up last week. Sol Ruka hit a super nice shooting star press like RKO. That I'm going to refer to as the Shooting Star KO. I like the name of that. I thought that was a fantastic move. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not really being used on, on TV much. So when she hits that on live TV, people are going to go even crazier, I think. 
Um, yeah, also, I agree with you. Guys. just New Day becoming Grand Slam. Oh, not Grand Slam. Uh, uh, triple Crown. Yeah, Triple Crown. Jeez. Triple Crown champions. I thought that's that because I'm such a fan of New Day, so mm-hmm. I'm happy that they have that accolade. And I also, one more wrestling-wise, I marked out that Kylie Ray worked the main event tapings against Dana Brooke on Monday. Yeah, she had a new uh, ring name, too. Yeah, I know she was at the, the tryouts recently, so it was really cool to see her wrestle for, not that I watched the match yet, I think that's going to be up on Hulu, but I think that's pretty cool that, that she's maybe in the vicinity of WWE right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Non-wrestling-wise, I have to say... Because you, I guess, did you watch SNL this week or what? I did, I did. So Steve Martin and Martin Short. Brandy Carlisle though was the 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 musical guest on SNL this past weekend, and when they I'm had not announced, familiar with her, she is good. Yeah, when they announced Brandy Carlisle, I was like, I wish that like the the worlds, the stars, and planets would align or whatever for her to play the story but i figured because of how old the song was like there's no reason why she would play it she actually performed it and i popped big time for it she absolutely killed it i'm not familiar with her yeah i've uh since that song came out it was a free download on itunes years ago mm-hmm. uh i had always wanted to see her in concert and then i finally got to see her in concert at the garden so that was pretty cool. She's part of the the Highway Women, or High Women. What are they called? The Highway Women. But like the the I'm women not... version, the Highway Women. Yeah, I would have With, to look uh, it up. I think Marin Morris is in that the group. No, it, it is the High Miranda women. Lambert. It is the High Women, and no, it's not Miranda Lambert. That's a something... oh the Pistols, right? Pistols, yeah, Pistol Annies or whatever. Yeah, it's Brandy Carlisle, Marin Morris, Amanda Shires, and Natalie Hamby. Huh. For them, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I got to see Brandy Carlisle perform that live. That was dope. But because she performed on SNL, that, that was awesome. Again, from SNL, though, like you mentioned, Steve Martin and Martin Short were hosting. They did a Father of the Bride sketch, which I thought was awesome. And uh, Kieran Culkin ended up showing up at it, and he was part of that. So I thought that was cool. Selena Gomez was on it, too, so. Mm. I pop for her being even in the monologue because she's part of one of Hulu's greatest television shows in the history of all of television with uh, Only Murders in the Building, starring Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, and Martin Short. So everybody should check that show out, too. (laughs) I have not seen that yet, but... Well, do you have Hulu? um, No, I don't have Hulu. You gotta get Hulu, you gotta watch that show. Yeah, um... I don't know. I, f- I feel like for me, I-, I marked out for the weekend with going out to New York City. I always love New York City. I think that there's no city like it. So there's, I think, I think tons of cities like that. Okay, let's stop. Toronto is a lot like New York City and cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> when did you go? Ah, uh, was years ago when I was a kid. Maybe the year two thousand. Yeah, it was a great Conan O'Brien sketch. <laughs> it was the year did he do the year 2000 and then he did the year 3000 or 5000 mm-hmm. but that's the episode this week episode 619 619 
Thank you so much for checking it out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following us. Follow us on Twitter at MarkNout at BTTG161. Also on Instagram at that same handle. Chris Sweendog, CMSweeney85 on Instagram. David PTDPT on both. Facebook.com slash MarkNout. YouTube.com slash MarkNout11, which is also MarkNout11 on Instagram. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkNout. MarkNout on TikTok. Uh... Uh, Spotify podcast, Google podcast, Amazon podcast, markingout.com. We wish you the, the best, best of luck in your future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.